0: Hello, listeners. The following episode was recorded before the sudden and sad passing of Dustin Diamond. We're still processing last week's news, but please know we'll spend some dedicated time to talk about Dustin in the future. So now, as we conclude season one of this podcast, we hope you, the fans, enjoy this special episode and look forward to kicking off season two, remembering the life and legacy of Dustin Diamond. Welcome to Zach to the Future. I'm your co host, Dashiell Driscoll, joined today by the creative visionary behind Hot Sunday,
1: Mark Paul Gosler. Hello, Mark Paul. Hello, Dashiell. I am so thrilled and so uh, jubilant uh, jubilant to introduce (laughs) our very special guest, Elizabeth Berkeley Lauren. And we need to insert a, a, a sound a effect clap there. there. Yeah. yeah. I'm clapping for real. Yeah. No. I'm clapping for Hi, real. Liz. I'm excited. Oh, I said it.
2: Hi. I am and you guys, I am so um extraordinarily thrilled. Mm. <laughs> like, are we not allowed to use the word this whole
0: episode? No, let's just use it. We can okay. It'll it'll it would be we will look we everyone knows we're trying maybe not to but we will and that's that's part of it. Listen, if if you
1: didn't catch the show last week, someone had pointed out that Dashil has a lack of a better word. um, Well, he has lack of better words to be used. I have lack of better words. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's the correct than the word fun. Like if you've listened to our shows in the past, Dashil tends to use that word freely. um, Yeah, to describe. Our show. And last week he really tried to use other words because a um Twitter follower had said to Dashel, who is a writer, by the way, that he needs writer, to invest W-G-A. Uh, he needs to invest in a thesaurus. So
2: wouldn't you say in particular, this particular show that we're about to break down, there's one word that oh. is overused in the culture, in pop culture yeah. pertaining to this episode. So we all might be using it a little too much, but I think we're we're allowed today,
1: yeah, I think so. Yeah. so that that brings me to my first question for you, Liz. The, what
2: yeah,
1: okay, we're, we're we're talking about the phrase "I'm so excited." So when yes. you say that in yes. your in real life, do you <laughs> catch yourself, yeah. do you actually like uh, do a you know, like a I, verbal grunt or anything every time you say it?
2: it I, I love that you're asking me because. It's one of those that if I'm doing any sort of public type of press situation and I use it, either someone's going to call me out on it immediately or I myself have to kind of have fun and send myself up, right? But in life, like, like if I'm talking to my husband or to you, Mark Paul, and say, oh, I'm so excited, it's more of an am I? You know, like we that's where I catch myself because yeah. I, I've been reminded for 25 30 years of that those three words i'm so excited i've been reminded by fans who in a loving appreciative you know kind of celebratory way about that particular episode and so it's just it's a part of my life and um i I love to have fun with it and play with it but yes i am conscious of it when i say it i can't help but it's it's not neutral like if I say I'm delighted or I'm <laughs> eager or I'm enthusiastic or passionate no but I'm so excited yes it has a charge to it.
1: Yeah they're they're not even my words I didn't even utter them you know originally but when I say them in public I catch myself and I do wonder you? if yeah <laughs> and it's and it's not necessarily the people that I'm talking to they they might understand the reference but I do end up in the back of my head going ooh god I probably shouldn't have used those three words in that sequence. Um
2: you know what's funny? I was just doing the Today show to promote the new show. And the one of the, the hosts said, We're so excited to have <laughs> and so my first line, I, I pulled a you, Mark Paul. I said, she said, I'm so excited. And I said, Are you? Uh. And he didn't know for a minute what I meant, but, be, <laughs> yeah. but, be, but but the co-host said, oh, she's referring to the right, pun, right, it's fun. Right. So I, awesome. that was the only time I got myself in something where like it didn't land. And you were
0: being overly familiar. Like you thought they were in on it. They were just using it like most people. People use the word excited to prop up the human experience. We just, we say, I'm excited to see you next week. I'm excited. Like we're, no one's really that excited about anything, but it's like a, it's a word that gets us through life. So that's, they were just using it. I'm sure they were, they were excited, but you know what I mean. There's a reason it's so commonly used.
2: But, but yeah, she just didn't catch the connection for a minute. And it was the only time I think I've ever used it where I felt like, yeah, that wasn't successful. It didn't land, you know? (laughs)
1: Until well, da- the other well, one saved me. Well, Dashiell, I have done my homework, and I know that Elizabeth has done her homework. But in case the audience hasn't done their homework, please give us the rundown of this episode.
0: The thing a longer than usual rundown, I might add, because this is such a dense episode. Uh, but here we go, in case you didn't do it. Jesse's studying for the geometry midterm to get into Stanford. Zach hears the girls sing and offers to manage them. Screech secretly records them singing in the locker room to send to Zach's Zach's dad's record industry contact. Slater discovers Jessie's using caffeine pills. She promises to stop, but doesn't. Instead of studying, Jessie records a music video with Lisa and Kelly for Hot Sunday, their group. Slater learns Jessie's still using pills. He tries to tell Zach, who is only focused on the record execs coming to see Hot Sunday at the max. When Zach gets Jessie for the show, she's disoriented and strung out on caffeine pills. She has a breakdown. Hot Sunday performs with Screech subbing in, and the gang comforts Jessie, who is going to seek help for her new problem. Wow, a lot happens in that episode. That's that's Jessie's song. So, Mark Paul, uh, Elizabeth, um, what about this episode? Do you think really, to each of you, is like why do you think it stood out as so iconic and and so well remembered uh, among fans? You know, it's it's really stood the test of time. Thirty years later
2: it's it's really interesting because I've never really thought about why it has had this impact in the way that it has. Um, and especially because it's really now because of social media, you see clips and pieces of either like, you know, the extraordinary kind of heightened moment that is, has become kind of famous and memes have been made of it. You know, there's, there's so many, um, yeah. Things having to do with that little piece, but there are like you said there's so many layers to this and I I wonder Mark Paul if you agree and shall if being that this was season 3 and people were so invested in us by then. You know, people who had been seeing it and and kind of falling in love with these characters and starting to care about us in a way that where they felt like we were their own friends. It kind of caught you it was I think it caught people off guard because we had never kind of gone there with any theme that was really deeper than who was going to ask who the dance, you know, it's, it's like this, this one really, yeah exactly. so I feel like this one went yeah. really deep uh, in the way that as deep as a Saturday morning show could go in, in terms of the subject matter. And uh, I think seeing the characters that they've seen in this kind of, funny kind of joyful way to have any vulnerability really for the first time for all of us like I think as actors we even got to show a lot more range in this episode but I'm so curious what you think more Paul
1: yeah I'm still trying to figure it out I mean I I, I guess it's it's catchy right I mean it, it's a we, we've talked about the phrase I'm so excited that is an easy thing to grasp um, and you could take away from an episode And that's what I, going into doing my homework for this um, show, for this particular episode, I thought that that's all we had to work on was that iconic scene between Jesse and and Zach. Mm -hmm. But there's so much more. I mean, there's there's a lot going on in this episode, and I had no, I, I had forgotten the reason why you were taking caffeine pills. Like I thought, it was right. like, oh, Jesse, just being Jesse. She's, you know, yeah. she's studying for something. But I, I, never knew the importance of how, uh, how important it was for you to go to Stanford and and how much pressure you were putting on yourself and how you were feeling like you couldn't be, uh, you couldn't be everything for everyone.
2: No, you're right. I mean, it's and it's such a, um, you know, as someone who works with teen girls, it's a big part of my life, um, facilitating self esteem programs in schools as a volunteer. When I have that. Kind of understanding of that teenage adolescent experience especially now i mean you know as a dad like that age right now the pressure to be good at everything the category of like the criteria um that was going on then maybe it's even intensified more now but especially for you know she jesse was had a singular focus and a singular goal and anything else to take her off that track created anxiety. It was not something you really talked about much back then, you know, anxiety or perfectionism or any of those themes. And that was really the first show that kind of dealt with it.
1: Yeah. And it's interesting while we were shooting it too, you know, there was another, there was another show on the air that, that uh, dealt with teen issues and that was 90210. Um, And 90210 being a primetime show was able to, you know, that they were, they were drinking, and abusing other drugs besides caffeine pills, um, yes. I say this because it's interesting. You know, when when we got the script, it wasn't like, oh, we're doing a lame show about caffeine pills. I look at it. No. I look at it. I would look at it that way now. But back then, we took it as, oh wow, this is interesting. This is actually a show about, um, you know, abuse of a substance, and we took it seriously, and we 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 didn't see the campy nature of it that you can look through our eyes now. Um, right. And that, I think, is a reason why it came off with, you know, a level of, um, yeah, we, we 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 didn't take it lightly. Uh, and I no. think that you, you see that on the screen.
0: Kids didn't take it lightly either, for whatever that's worth. I mean, as a child watching a, like, you don't, I think the reason it's sort of been repackaged by the internet and now it's like ah that there's a comedy there of this is all over caffeine pills this is all over a couple cups of coffee right. essentially that's funny but as a child you see like oh my god they're losing their friend they're losing their friend to something and it's a secret and it's it's it has real consequences that's a that's a real story to tell kids even though it's you know it's a it's a saturday morning version but that's a that's a real serious thing and and a very big departure from the government th- thinks Screech is an alien or we forgot <laughs> someone's birthday or like, this is a big, big, Yeah. Big I mean, I don't know
2: difference. what season, like Artie died, the lizard, the chameleon or lizard, you know, like that was like where we dealt mm. with death or grief. Right. But th- no, th- this theme was yeah. um it's interesting when you're in something, cause I have a few friends who are actors who've been in things that affected me. Like, let's say Flashdance. My girlfriend, Jennifer Beals was, in that movie. I wasn't friends with her when she made it. I was a child in Michigan practicing tap in my basement when I watched that movie. But it's a really interesting thing because when you're in something, I've said to her, you'll never know the impact that that movie actually had on me and how it changed me. Like it showed me things were possible. Like my dreams were possible living in this small town in Michigan. And a lot of people have said that this episode shook them up like what you said Dasha, like it it affected kids who were watching it at that time and yes and then what it's become is a different thing in the perspective Mark like Pollock you said as adults that we have but we we did like when we got that script we definitely played it for real like we weren't we weren't playing there was no joke like that week i do remember it was more and you know everyone in our cast had acting chops like there was no one in it that, you know, we had strong actors. So when it when we were given something like this, I think we were excited to kind of take it and, you know, Mark Paul, I mean, I look at some of those scenes, you were so present as my dear <laughs> friend too. No, like really like when you, you know, I don't want to get ahead of anything, but like when you hugged me to to comfort me. And when I rewatched it, I was like, oh my God, these, I think that like Something that resonates that you can't fake is the connection we all had, but it's particularly in certain friendships and and dynamics. Um, you can be a great actor, but if there's not that true caring that and and that kind of support for each other authentically, then then that wouldn't have resonated. I don't think
1: it's so funny that you say that, Elizabeth, because uh, I have in my notes, and we'll get to that. It's it's in Jesse's room, um, entitled. I'm so excited uh, in our notes. But um, okay. it, it, there, I have written in my notes that I wish I could redo my performance, my acting in that scene. Cool. Yeah. Oh, you know how no. I am though, Dashiell. We'll I, I, through,
0: right, yeah, I know that. that's That's been the whole no. podcast.
1: So it's, <laughs> it's just me. But I, I looked at it and I was like, you said I was so present and I was like, I could have been more present. The fact that no. I, and it's just... Wow. I'll 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 point it out to you like what my thoughts are when we get Please, there. Yeah. But it's just so funny. Like I looked at that, and I was like, Elizabeth was so good and I wasn't I wasn't connecting oh, with man. her. I wasn't present. It's so funny. <laughs> That's
0: so funny. I didn't I didn't see it that way at all. Yeah. No, you guys. And we're in act one at the max.
1: Yeah. And I just want to point out that uh the extra who bumps into me right at the top, he was never seen again after this. Oh, oh that was his last what? day in Hollywood. That's
0: true. He went to the bus station after that back to wherever the hell he's from.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. If you want to watch it again, he accidentally like moved into me. I'm like, hey, and then, yeah. Hey, never going to work oh, in this town again.
0: Yeah.
3: Poor guy. Oh my yeah, God. He
1: is, he is writing parking
0: tickets on Western right now. That guy never worked a day in his life again in Hollywood.
1: That's how it works though. You never, ever, That's how ever it works. touch number sure. one through six on the call sheet ever.
0: <laughs> you also have a sure, beverage. Sure. You got a beverage in your hand. Oh my God. What if, do you, do you think we just have Quicksilver shirts lying around this set? If that gets Pepsi on it, we're, gonna, we're going it. home today. No doubles. That's it. That's a wrap.
2: Uh, <laughs> By the way, I had no idea. I I did not realize Tom Tenowich wrote this one. For some reason, I thought Bennett Tramer. I don't know why. No, this
0: is this is a Tom Tenowich. Is it Tenowick or Tenowich? You would, I don't, I, who knows? I've Which? been
2: saying it Tenowich for 30 years, but I'll go I might be wrong. I might no,
0: be wrong. No, look, he, but he can't correct you at this point. So I'm going to go your way. Uh, it's Tom Tenowich and uh, Peter Engel co-wrote this one. Wow. Apparently- Peter Engel and Tom co-wrote this in a day and a half, folks. That's the story. Uh, they knocked this one out real quick. It just um, flowed right out. It just the the muse was in the room that day, I guess. Uh, Elizabeth, Mark, Paul, uh, were you at the time? The um, Jesse's coffee cup, very prominently featured here in this scene. Were you guys coffee drinkers then? Uh, just to kind of give a reference of like, did you know what caf, you know, what coffee was? I guess like personally.
2: Well, I should hope we knew what coffee was. Right? I know, we know you knew what coffee. A coffee. No, you know what I mean, like, like the effects. effects. No, yeah, yeah. I, I no, I personally still, and maybe maybe it's from this episode. I don't know. Actually, I'm realizing that now. No, um, I have never actually had a cup of coffee in my life. Is that insane, Marvall? You look you look shocked. Well, I, I li-
1: you've never had a sip of coffee. You've never oh, tried. No, no,
2: I, I have tried. Oh, you coffee. have tried it.
1: And you've made the decision yeah. that it's not for you.
2: No, but I mean, I just have never literally. I know it's a ritual for people, like right. sweeten it. My my husband likes, you know, light and sweet. Can't New, go York, poop New York
1: until Bodeo you have your coffee. <laughs>
2: <laughs> sure, <laughs> that's a
1: thing. Yeah, that's a whole thing. You know, yeah.
2: I know some people. Uh, anyway, it's just not part of my ritual. I, I so no caffeine. I mean, matcha, I'll do matcha, but no, but not hardcore coffee. <laughs> is that such you a weren't thing? though like
0: kids on set hitting the craft services table. Like, cause I mean, I feel like coffee now is, it's, it's more and more regular, younger and younger.
3: True. Sure. I think with yeah.
0: Star- Starbucks on the scene in the nineties, there were more like middle ground versions of what a cup of coffee is and a milkshake is. There was like a yeah. whole lot of stuff in between that. Um, but yeah, it wasn't part of your guys' life.
3: Then no,
1: no, it, it, it wasn't, and and I I am a coffee drinker now. Um, I have roughly about two cups of coffee a day. I consider myself to be a bit of a coffee snob in the sense that I just like black coffee. Like, don't put any sugar in it. Don't put any milk in okay. it. Um. You know, I appreciate like a good cup of coffee. I've tried it all. I've tried the grounding of the coffee. I've tried the the slow drip, the the drip, the pour over, the, you know, you name it, the, the French press um, and a couple other things. Like I have a friend who actually roasts his own beans and I'm not down that road, but I do appreciate a really good cup of coffee. Um, but back then, no, I, I don't think I drank coffee. I think I was drinking alcohol before I was drinking coffee. <laughs> uh, to be honest but with you, yeah. no, you be, you no, I, pretty close, Liz, pretty close. Really? I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely okay. was, I think out of the entire cast, I was the one that was experimenting a little bit more with like alcohol and some other things around that time. Um, Yeah. I did
2: not know.
1: Okay. Yeah. But coffee wasn't the thing. Tea. tea. I like tea now. My, my, my wife being, you know, born in England, uh, we drink a lot of tea and that I will put, uh, uh, milk in, um, into my tea. Uh, but no, but okay. So just to give you guys some insight into coffee and we're going to be talking about like caffeine and things like that. The FDA has cited that the average uh, amount that you should have a day, if you would like to, Im- you know, uh, imbibe in, in in caffeine, is about 400 milligrams a day, which is roughly about four to five cups of coffee. Uh, Coke has 34 milligrams per 12 ounce can. Diet has 46 milligrams. Normal coffee, uh, if you did 12 ounces of coffee, has 140 milligrams. So hmm. coffee is definitely a good way to get caffeine into your system if that's what you want. Uh, espresso has less than drip. Uh, but uh, things like- By volume, yeah. Yeah, by volume. Red Bull, um, I had it in my notes. Red Bull has somewhere like 84 milligrams. Still has less caffeine than coffee. Um, Red
0: Bull has taurine, right? I don't know why I'm turning into a chemist all of a sudden. Red Bull <laughs> is not like the active like- I think Red Bull has some other stuff is in that addition what, to the caffeine. Is that what like, gives you wings yeah. is the taurine? Oh, yeah. That's what that's how you're flying is is touring. Yeah, Got I used it. to have a, used to work with a guy. He'd come in at 9:30 in the morning, drink two Red Bulls. Scariest kind of person having an office. Like oh just God. please sir drink coffee instead. Nah.
1: Now the thing that like caffeine doesn't really work on me. Like I don't use it to wake up. I I, I I it's definitely a ritual. Like it's the first thing I like to do in the morning is have a cup of coffee. Um, I will wake up, you know, well before the time I have to leave to go to work, just to have that ritual of making a coffee, sitting there reading the news, kind of thing, looking over it the just internet. It sets the tone. It sets the tone. Um, so it, it's not really like the caffeine isn't what draws me to it. It's more the ritual. But caffeine, if I need caffeine, like I've, I have an RV and I've driven all over the, the the country, and and sometimes I have to do these long uh, stints behind the wheel, five hour energy actually works and 5-Hour mm-hmm. Energy I did a little bit of research on that has about 242 milligrams of caffeine so a little bit more than a cup of coffee but whatever is in there is like rocket fuel like it <laughs> it's it, that extra kick it will keep you up and this isn't a you know it's not one of our not sponsors not a sponsor not just, a sponsor they're just they just do good maybe, work They kept more maybe alive. Yeah. but yeah. if they maybe next but yeah, if they want crossed. to Dashwell and I will take you know 5-Hour Energy drive a U-Haul with a bunch of Captain Crunch <laughs> in the back of it and right. and uh, you know Bob's your uncle, we'll, but uh, yeah, yeah. Five Hour Energy. I I have almost had a heart attack somewhere in the desert of uh, Nevada on that. What uh, an endorsement! Yeah, <laughs> I mean I, I literally had to pull <laughs> it's over. So it's I, good it'll kill
0: you.
3: I
1: I drove I drove through the night. I used to do this with my <laughs> my two older kids who were, uh, f- you know, years ago were six and four. And I would put them in the back of my minivan at the time. And I would drive from 730 at night to Idaho through the night with them sleeping so that they could, you know, the, the, you know it's like a 16-hour trip, 14-hour, 16-hour trip. And I would do that so they wouldn't have to, you know, be bored and look out the window. But right. at a cost of my lack of you. sleep, I would have to take this five-hour energy somewhere around 1 or 2 a.m., uh, to stay awake to make the, to the drive. Through. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, I would take oh that, God. and there was one time where I actually had to pull over because I thought, Oh my God, I'm gonna have a heart attack uh, with this stuff. <laughs> so I pulled over <laughs> with my two young kids in the car, and I thought, no. This is not the way that I wanted to go. This is this is no. stupid. No, uh, I didn't see it.
3: Yeah. I didn't see. it.
1: I didn't see it in the cards <laughs> playing out this way. But uh, it does work. I that is my endorsement. Is that I made it to wow. Idaho. Uh, safely, might I add, but th- there was a moment there where, you know, things could have gone horribly wrong. Um, Did you wake up the kids for a very special lesson on no.
0: gas station beverages? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Daddy's about to have a heart attack yeah. in the front seat? Okay, <laughs> cool. Well, that's probably for the best, yeah.
2: I mean, so in That'll in be case, an expensive in therapy ca- bill later. <laughs> in case you were wondering that coffee was not in that mug, okay?
1: Well, oh, right. nothing that looks what, like was a in that mug. Soda or, yeah, I don't think anything was in that sugar.
2: mug. Water, maybe? But
1: you put sugar yeah. in it and then it looks like you're not yeah. really sipping. I don't know. I, I I I would say that there's really nothing in that cup. You're just really doing a good job of acting.
0: Thank that's you. That's good. Marco. That's good cup acting. <laughs> uh, Jesse here wants to go to Stanford. Uh, that college will later become Stansbury. I'm guessing NBC got a letter. Uh, <laughs> Jesse goes to Stansbury later. But that's right true. now it's Stanford. That's just a fun thing. Uh, I thought Slater's position of guys are really good at math is like a I that's of all the like the Slater sexism stuff that gets the worst, like, I've never heard the guy. Every guy I know is terrible at math. No, <laughs> everyone. I, maybe I just don't hang out with mathematicians. Dashiell, but like everyone I know is bad at math.
1: Dashel, uh, no, you're I, saying I, I saw it. I saw it in your notes. I did a quick Google search, and that <laughs> is uh, Google claims that that is a true statement that that men boys Google oh, I okay, are, got it. are 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 more proficient at math.
0: I don't, ah, well, maybe this is I a bigger agree. conversation about STEM education and 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 the toys yes. we give our kids. And maybe maybe there's more here that we can uncover. I'm not qualified. you're know probably would be, the closest to You know who would be Danica
2: McKellar? Okay. okay. Who be, would be qualified right. at some point? We'll ask her. Let's she her has a lot of math books for, for kids too. So. Sure. Um, get her on. I, and we, we'd I, love the, to hear about the, it. The, the, the Jesse and me doesn't agree with Google.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I would say there's something that just seems off about that stat to me. Um, but what do I know? Uh, and, uh, I'm so excited. The song that really carries the episode. I mean, it, I'm so excited to become a meme, but let's not forget it, the reason Jesse's belting it out is because of this song originally released in 82 by the pointer sisters. It was remixed in 1984. That's the one you hear at weddings and stuff. If you're going to hear it, um, Elizabeth IMDB credits you three as singing this song. I mean, you guys actually sang this version of I'm so excited. Yeah. What was that? Recording, Like, I mean, do you have to go to a professional studio or like, what was well, that? Yeah. Process?
2: Fun fact. Okay. And it was something I, I once in a while battled with Peter Engel about. Hmm. So I, I am a singer. Um, and I am a dancer as well. And whenever there'd be an episode where we sang, they would typically send us a track to learn to lip sync, like the Cleopatra, um, Halloween episode where I was singing in the gym with Mario. That was lip syncing, and it it I was hurt by it. I'm just telling you, like, as someone who was trained, and I was like Peter. I remember sitting with him in his office, saying, Peter, I don't understand when these things come up. I can sing it. I think they they just wanted to move quickly. They didn't have. We were already doing school and filming. They didn't have time for us to be learning the tracks and laying them down. But this episode, finally, we got to sing. The three of us went into a studio and recorded it and it was so much fun. It was like a fantasy. It was it was, was Scott uh, Gale there? Yeah, I'm sure Scott Gale was there. Yes.
0: He's gotta be there, right? That's his whole that's his Epic. whole thing. That's his zone. Epic. Yeah. Yes.
2: But we yeah, so we were excited for that. Uh pun intended. And I, a, yeah. I you know, I think each of us kind of had the, the fantasy to do that. Um and luckily we could all sing.
1: Yeah. It it sounds good. It does sound good. I'm I'm I, I think it's worth pointing out, though, Dashwell, that in the last episode, Miss Bayside, uh, our friend Kelly Kapowski, was singing "Blue Moon" oh. off key. Continuity!
0: Yet, oh my god, I didn't, I forgot but, all about that. But that now, was just last episode, that was last episode. But, but, but now,
1: now, wow, she's you know no. a, a, one of the three singers <laughs> in Hot Sunday. Mm, go figure.
0: Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a lesson there about the music industry, perhaps that like maybe there's going to be one a, like someone in the group is not pulling all their weight, but she sounds good, so maybe she got I don't know.
2: <laughs> but the thing you were talking about with consistency, as we know, at this point, like the, the joke was that it was things were never explained. I'm sure you I know you guys have spoken to this a million times, but Tori is the best example of that. Yeah, there, Not, but a- I absolutely. Digress. That, yeah,
0: we will certainly get to the Tori of it all at one <laughs> point. Uh, before we get there, uh, Ruth Pointer, one of the Pointer sisters, she actually agreed to let say we've talked about a lot about like, how does the music wind up and say by the bell? There's been the Beach Boys and some really expensive tickets. Ruth Pointer mm-hmm. signed off on her song being in this episode because in 1990, she was a recovering addict. She was in recovery for alcohol addiction. And she said, oh, this is like a good, there's like a story here behind why this song was allowed in. Um, and ultimately, without Ruth's signature, we don't get I'm so excited in the bedroom at the end of the episode. So I thought wow. that was a neat detail.
2: Definitely, um, definitely. So she, yeah. she approved it with this narrative.
0: Yeah, absolutely. She was like a story for kids about uh, addiction. Wow. That, that speaks to me, and that's important. And uh, she gets paid every single time the episode airs. So as good decision in the long should. run. Yes, Yeah, as she should. Why not? Um, and yeah, Zach, uh, Zach's like, I love this. Like, my dad... Knows a guy in the music industry and I'm gonna make you famous and we're all gonna get rich. It's like, whoa, he was ready. He was ready for that opportunity.
1: Well, last week he wanted to uh, help Kelly, um, you know, in the pageant, uh, sort of be her manager for that. Now he's looking to be a a music manager for, uh, you know, the girls here. He just, he just, you know, he's just, uh, he's an entrepreneur. He's trying to find his group. Putting
3: his,
0: yeah, trying to, I mean, this is also a symptom of a bunch of writers in a room being like, you know who doesn't do anything? Our frickin' managers. <laughs> like we're gonna we're gonna throw the whole management teams under the bus.
3: Oh
0: uh, that's how that's how it read to me, anyways. Being like Zach is like lecherous manager on you know trying to get after the money. We're in the classroom at Bayside for Mr. Dewey. Obviously, we love Mr. Dewey. One of the more um, I, I'm using the word iconic a lot this episode. Please yeah. forgive me. One of the more iconic, say, by the Bell Teachers. He's in the 2020 version, the reimagining.
2: And and by the way, lo- looks the same.
0: The same. No, and by the way.
2: It's like, uh, yeah. yeah. It's like wax, no, the same.
0: It was very, very cool and thrilling for me as a fan to, and a writer on the reimagining, to like, oh my God, there's Elizabeth and Mario and Mark Paul. and like, you guys are here. This is happening. When Mr. Dewey walked in, I was, <laughs> was legitimately, it was a different feeling. I was like, that's, now that's crazy.
2: <laughs> no, and I have to admit for myself, when I, cause when I saw him on the call sheet and then we were about to do a scene, because he looked the same, it, it was a very surreal moment. Like, I, I was there speaking to him as a grown-up, but I felt suddenly, you know, the those people that you feel like, Take you back to what you were, you know, just kind of have that. Um, I, I felt like a child again in his presence, even though I'm seeing him as a grown up.
1: Just to blow your mind, Elizabeth, uh, I believe that Mr. Dewey. What's Mr. Dewey's real name? Patrick. Uh, w- it is Patrick. Let's let's pull it on up. Yeah. Um, but he he is, I believe, six to seven years younger than I am right now. While he's Whoa. filming this episode,
0: wow! That's that one and happen? by the that's
1: way, crazy. Mr. Belding it. and him, Dennis Haskins and him, are roughly about the same age. So they were six wow. or seven years younger, uh, you know, than I am right now. While they were filming this, that's how crazy this okay. is. Okay,
2: that that's crazy. Right? <laughs> yeah, Patrick
0: Thomas O'Brien, by the way, Patrick, Patrick okay. Thomas O'Brien. Yeah. Nice, what a, what a name that is. A lot of name there. Wow. Um, we had another American Gladiators joke in this scene. If you're keeping track, folks, a lot of uh, a lot of American Gladiators references in the early seasons of Say by the Bell, Um, and that, Elizabeth, I'm sorry, just to backtrack a a second here in my notes, Um, so we've talked a little bit about Jesse's like, personality and her singular focus on academics. I'm wondering how close that perfectionist sort of attitude is to you personally as a a human. Uh, We've learned a lot of, like, the character traits of the actors got incorporated into the characters, and I'm wondering if that was true for you as a, you know, if that's true for you.
2: Interesting. Yeah. I mean, no, our writers were smart to, as, as they got to know us, as we went along, they would observe, you know, they would observe our dynamics. And I mean, I definitely, definitely, this is extreme. I, but I definitely have been someone who's always been extremely, um, hyper-focused on my goals and visions I've held for myself. Uh, I would never have, come out to even do the show if I didn't have that in my embedded in my DNA. You know, coming from where I came from, I didn't have any connections in Hollywood. And so like that singular focus of like 17 dance lessons a week and acting class and singing lessons and being an A student in school and all of those things, that definitely was something I could draw upon and was, I'm sure, something that they maybe picked up on. Um, I wasn't as extreme as Jesse, or maybe, unless Mark Paul maybe has some thought on it, but I, I don't think I, you know, and I certainly, uh, I kind of kept it within. It was just my own quiet drive, but I was, I've always been extremely passionate about the things I care about. So that, that side of me it is has, true. has always been there and it is true to Jesse and true to me.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think it was, I'm not sure if it was on the um, Anna Ferris podcast you just did or if I caught it uh-huh. somewhere else, but the, uh, the Norman Lear story that you wrote a yes. letter to Norman Lear as a child, basically, from Michigan to be on TV. And that, that it, it wasn't overnight, but it was a, you knew what you wanted at a very, very young age and pursued it uh, oh, yeah. from, from the get-go.
2: There was, I mean, really, since I can remember remembering, there was nothing else I wanted more as a child, than, than what I manifested with the incredible support of my, my great parents, who, by the way, had nothing to do with the industry whatsoever, like Mark Paul's parents, a lot, uh, none of our parents were industry people or had connections to industry people. We all either, you know, we, we all seemed to have a love for what we were doing. For me, it was like, it, it was just a matter of when am I getting there? Hollywood. You know, when I was nine and wrote that letter, it was because I was watching the Jeffersons and all the shows that, you know, um, that Norman Lear produced, I would see his name at the end. And I knew if I could get a hold of him in my mind, then it could all happen. <laughs> and so I wrote this letter, my mom sent it, as you heard, and Mark Hirschfield, who was head of casting at the time, responded. And that was nine. And when I was 12, we came out here for a family vacation contacted him he was still working at the desk (laughs) at the desk there where he remembered it and then he set me up with my agent i was with from 12 to 18 a, a children's manager and children's agent but then and then we moved out at 15 when i was 15 and saved by the bell was the first big i had done commuting from 12 to 15 and then we moved out at 15 um i started school in calabasas Audition for Saved by the Bell. Mark Paul, as you know, already was on Miss Bliss. And then pilot season, we start the, that first year I moved here. I got Saved by the Bell.
0: Unreal. I don't, I mean, maybe people do realize that's a, that's a phenomenally thin chance of what you're describing is to write someone a letter, basically being like, hey, let me into Hollywood. And they say, sure, kid, if you're ever out here, then you're out here. <laughs> uh, and and then like, I'm like, I'm taking out you up for yeah. your work. I'm yeah. taking you up on that. Years later, they still have the same job, still at the same address. Uh, that's incredible. So I guess in some ways, yeah, it sounds like you and Jesse, there's some real drive, determination overlap there.
2: Definitely. That, that piece for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, but it wasn't just like a little girl dreamer wrote a letter. I was literally doing the work necessary around the craft, you know, doing theater. I was... Yeah. Equity and Sagaretti and modeling in New York and doing all these things Paid your dues. To build. We Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It didn't We would just never hand. we
0: would never assume you yeah, just I showed up and said please, yeah.
2: Yeah, no, it wasn't just handed. No. But Mark Paul too. Mark Paul Mark Paul has, you know, as a kid, worked harder than just about anyone I know. And yeah, but I I didn't he, know he, that he I cared, wanted to be an he actor. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but You didn't but, know that? No. I didn't write any letters no. to any uh, you know producers on <laughs> on on TV or film. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know. I f- I just happened my way into the into the industry, you know, because like hmm. you said, our parents weren't in the industry. My my mom had a friend who was a model, and at a very young age, this woman said, "Oh my God, your son is so." Uh, uh, I mean. You know, adorable, you, adorable like a, beautiful, adorable, I guess, gorgeous, handsome, beautiful. talented, <laughs> yes, smart, yes. I and mean, all those. All those closer yeah. to adorable than yeah, gorgeous. But
0: sure, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> or no, those kind of I mean, your parents weren't like, "Get the hell away I, from I, our kids." Exactly. <laughs> no,
1: but uh, you know, I, I I was just a smiley little kid, um, and uh, it was. She just said, "Look, he, he should be in front of a camera." And uh, my mom had no idea what she was doing. She just went to she just went along with it. And then before you know it, I was just doing like print ads for May Company and Sears and you know uh, Wonderoos underwear and things like that. And then uh, and then uh, found myself in front of a camera years later. Um, but. No, I, I never had that vision like you. Like I hear those stories. I'm like, you know, I'm I'm currently watching the Tiger uh, documentary and it's the same yes, thing, right? Like at so a very good. young age, he was like, I- I'm going to be a golfer. And his father was like, you are yes. going to be the best golfer and you're going to make an imprint on the world. I never had that. I kind of just went along with things. And, you know, I had dreams and and hopes of what I would become, but an actor wasn't. In that, at a young age, it was it was it was interesting. I I didn't need to perform in front of people. That wasn't my thing. Like I, I uh, by the way, I love what we do. I love what we get to do. The characters we get to play, yeah. and the places we get to travel to, and the people we get to work with. And I love the collaboration. And you know, like all that hard work goes into this, and then the, the finished product. It's 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 unreal. Like it's it's yes. magic in a way. Um, but it's still like I would. I would, I don't know if I would do it now if I didn't get paid and that's being completely honest, hmm. you know, you know no. like there's certain times where I get lost in the work and I really like, you just, you, you don't even know where you are. You're just so wrapped up into it, but there's a lot of times. And
2: that's, that's where the magic is. And I think keeps us in it right. for the moments that are not so pleasurable. And right. Fulfilling. But we're, we're seeking that thing you just said. No.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. But also, like a lot of people will say, well, how come you don't remember, uh, you know, specific episodes on. On say by the bell, because at a certain point it became work for us, right? Like when we were first there, oh my God, we're doing something that's new to us, and everything we had hoped for, and it was what you dreamed about, and what you wrote a letter to the casting director about. It's where you found yourself on, but after like year two, year three, a lot of it becomes rote. It becomes you know like this thing that you show up at to work and you you punch right. your clock and you and then you start not remembering the work as much as the experiences. Like I remember our private moments together. I remember, you know, our like talks or our emotions that we share, like things like that. Um, But yeah. And then, you know, it's, it's, it's like that with us.
2: I, but I think those moments that you're talking about, those are the human moments. Those are the, those are the, like more than any episode The moments in between, the human moments of that rite of passage of being an adolescent, and how we change and grow, yeah, those are what stay with me as well. Any those kind of interactions more than the narrative of a given episode. You don't mean yeah, Yeah. because it's like especially because we, it's it was so rare that we got to be with peers going through the same thing at the same time. So many other friends of mine who started working at that age, they were the sole kid on a, a grown-up show. But like we as as everyone knows, we literally were in high school. We were not 20 something playing kids. We were off-screen going through those very same rites of passage that our characters were but, you know, obviously authentic for us and yeah.
1: And, and just to clarify Life what changing. I said about um, you know doing a job sometimes just for like monetary reasons or things like that I'm trying to think I don't think it, I think it's relative to what other people who aren't actors uh, go through as well like you land that job you always wanted and at, when you're in it for a while it just lose, you You lose track. like you may be grateful for the opportunity but it, it it sort of evolves now you're grateful that you actually can go to work every day and make a paycheck and provide for your family. And you start losing like that, oh my God, I actually got the job. And then it evolves into something more. I think that that's what happens for us as actors, especially television actors, because we're not on a project for a month or three months or sometimes six months for films or even a a play. Like I remember when I did my play, which you came to in New York.
2: Yeah, I did. You were amazing in that. That was
1: an experience like I wish I could relive again because that you
2: loved that I love that loved because that. it was
1: I was in control of myself as an actor. But I will say by you know uh show number sixty five yes you start going oh my god <laughs> I just want to get through this and it starts losing that magic that you know you 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 remember from the initial uh stages or,
2: or even or even the in the wanting of it I think there's right. something in the interesting like I cannot tell you that while I also still love doing what we do um, and I've experienced many, many of the greatest highs in every platform like you, Mark, like Broadway, TV, film, you name it, at, at, I'm extremely grateful for all of it. But I think in my 20s, just going through certain things, that that kind of wide eyed, innocence to the industry and the dream for me, certain things kind of, and I don't mean this in a negative way. I think that this is great in a great way. Certain of those because they got realized and, and some of them because they were tough, let's say showgirls or when something like that happens, certain aspects of the purity of it get a little shattered, but I don't mean that in a bad way. I think it's much more grounded and rooted in something real. Like you're saying, it's a job, it's work, it's... Um, so the fantasy of it, of what I thought it could be or do and all those things kind of got replaced by a more grounded reality. But I still, even within that, there's no you know bitterness or anything like that. That's not what I mean. I just mean, as you grow up, um, even some of your big dreams, when they happen, you have a different relationship to it. And for me personally, like it wasn't as wide-eyed like, oh my God, when this happened, but, but, I'm, but make no mistake when certain really exciting opportunities come along or working with certain actors, let's say a Pacino or different people, I still get that like, you know, that really amazing little flutter or nerves, which mean you still care and love it and are lit up by it.
0: Well, I'm mostly nerves and I mostly love everything. So I'm it's good to know that'll fade. I'm um, glad to know the butterflies will go away. <laughs>
2: no, they no, the butterflies <laughs> stay. No, no, the butterflies they stay. They just they,
0: they they're the more sporadic. They're sporadic butterflies, a whimsical combination of words.
2: I just think that the the job or the getting of it doesn't make me or break me as a human. I know who I am. Now, that yeah, childlike thing of, "Oh my god, if I get that, then I'm" You know, I, I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm I'm a dimensional human being. I haven't just let the industry be the thing that uh, gives me my value. And I think that's important yeah. because then your work is different when you're coming from that place. And listen, agree,
1: as a, as an actor, um, you know, we, we go in and we more than likely will fail or not get the job. Uh, and that, and that's just the thing. Like you go in for an audition, it's a job interview. Uh, the chances that you will actually succeed are not very good. There's, you know, for, for no other reason, um, you may not just be right for it. Like you may be the best actor in the room, but maybe you don't have the look, maybe you don't pair up well with the, the parent that they want to pair you up well, uh, with, right. I, I, I remember th- being shattered um, for a commercial I was cast for a commercial I think it was for WAMO. and um, I was cast in the number two spot for some reason I don't know why they did this but I was cast in the number two spot the number one spot went to Paul Walker who we were good mm-hmm. friends at the time and when I yeah. got to set for some I don't know why this was the case but for some reason they said yeah we're not going to use you today we're, we're going with Paul <sighs> And I remember, you know, you're 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 on set, and they say this. Mm-hmm. I had to be under. And,
2: and how old were you? I, mean, I was
1: probably I yeah. eight years old, seven, oh, eight, a, nine. Uh. My consolation prize was that I got a box full of wham toys. Oh, <laughs> I, I still remember <laughs> this shit. though. I still did, remember did it. it up,
2: did it make up for the feelings or no? Fuck no. The toys? Fuck <laughs> no.
1: And I was like, fuck. Oh, what Paul. a
0: tough break for 8 old yeah. like eight-year-old yeah. child to process all this. Like, yeah. here are the oh. toys. We don't Listen, want you.
1: I, I remember, you know, and I'm sure Elizabeth too. I I had to audition after school. I mean, it was like, you know, that this is yeah. this was our uh Little League. This was our, you know, this yeah. was going to gymnastics class. This was our after-school thing that we did. So I would yes. go to an audition. I remember I was in middle school, junior high. Junior high, and I was uh going to uh, enter, uh audition for an Alan Arkin film that his wife had written. It was called Necessary Parties. I actually got the job. Didn't you
3: get but, that?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I got that job. But I had to, the sides that I had to read after school were that my parents were getting a divorce, I had to be very emotional. So all day leading up to that, I prepared at school. Like I remember sitting right. by myself under this tree by, you know, like, the
2: cafeteria. Off.
1: but yeah, by like the 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 field somewhere away from all my classmates going over the dialogue and, you know, trying to tap into this emotion so that i could have that for the audition um and thankfully that worked out like i got the job but there's been many times where you go through that whole process and then you oh, don't yeah. get the job now i'm like i don't fucking care like i'm at the point now where yes i really want that job i'd really like to work with that person but I'm yes. also i'm at the point where i'm like okay i didn't get it i'm grounded enough to say i didn't get it for Many reasons that are just not in my control. That
2: are beyond, yeah. And, and,
1: and you just move on. But at that age, for us, it really—I mean—we put a lot of uh, pressure on ourselves to get it, and then to have to deal with all the the um,
2: rejection, rejection,
1: or- the negative responses. I mean, that's hard for kids to deal. with. So you can understand how our, some of our peers, um, without a strong, you know, support system. Uh, would yeah. kind of go into a different direction. It, it could
2: be destructive. It could be de- could be destructive. Yeah, no. And <laughs> we, we luckily it had.
0: It could be being a child <laughs> star could be destructive. <laughs> that's, could. That's, but, that's a true statement.
2: <laughs> no, but I know. And and one of the things that I really respect and admire about you, Mark Paul, is um, and and ab- about us, you now, but also back then, is we literally had a strong work ethic. Nobody was phoning anything in. that's right. we We rehearsed, we had school. like it was not a joke, and we brought our for whatever we we knew to bring our a game. So it's not even that it was said. it just that's what you did. And so I think, you know, I know that Mark Paul brings that to everything he does. so even if even if those whatever jobs that we do want, I know, like if we're, I know, I know this about Mark Paul, if he's going in to meet with people, he's bringing his A game. And then at that point, and just like I am, but at that point, if if they're going to go another way, we can't control that. Exactly. Like you said, like at where we're at, at this point of life, it doesn't mean it doesn't hurt sometimes, like because you really creatively want to collaborate with those people or wow, that character would be so juicy and so much fun. And, or that would be inspiring or whatever, um, or as a strategy that could be good career-wise, you know, whatever the different criteria is, but it's not everything, but I, but I still have deep love for the doing of it.
1: Yeah. It, it still hurts. I remember, uh, um, years and years later, you know, I had been on Say by the Bell and some other things and went into audition for Pleasantville. And, um, there he was, my good friend, Paul Walker, who actually I hadn't seen in a long time because he took some time off, From uh, the industry. He just went back to, you know, just being a normal kid and surfed and and, uh, did his thing. And um, we were in the audition room like, hey, Paul, good to see you again. And, uh, you know, what's been going on, you know, shooting the shit kind of thing. Yeah, he ended up getting that job and uh, I didn't. So again, Paul got another job. I was like, damn that guy. He's just too good. (laughs) (laughs) And <laughs> <laughs> you saw
0: him racing cars. You were like, that's my whole thing. What yeah, to no, do. <laughs> I mean,
1: I, I, he was such a talented dude. It's such a shame that he's no yeah. longer with us, but such a sweet guy. Yeah. And we, we were actually friends like his, uh, his mom and my mom were friends, you know, because it was a small community back then being in the, being yeah. a, a child actor. We got, we kind of knew everyone, you know, and. Well, just because it was out.
2: before, you know, it was before everyone hit 18 from all over across the country where they're coming here, yeah, it was the pool of people who were locals. You know, not everyone and their mother. The minute they graduate, right? So it, it is this pool that you get you get to know the people.
0: Just the smoothest possible segue here, and <laughs> one of my favorite lines that uh, that <laughs> Zach utters in the in the in the run of series. Get your recorder, you're going to the girls' locker room. Oh what a just what a what a thing to tell another young man. Um, <laughs> yeah, wasn't that good, Elizabeth? Just, we do a lot of yes. really smooth segues around I here. I love it. It's um, so organic. Thank you. I love it. Yeah, it's just you didn't even <laughs> know it happened. Here's
2: Sinead O'Connor, by the way. I love the name.
0: When we talk about this episode and why it's so iconic, it is it is jam-packed. Like this is Screech in a disguise infiltrating the girls' locker room. Uh, last time he did that was, was the Zach tapes. He was Barbara Bush. Um, so that's like a, a trope of Screech in Disguise. And like, there's so much that happens. A, a Sinead O'Connor reference, like a, a dated pop culture yeah.
1: music star. No, um, that that's not yeah. dated, by the way. You know, that what's dated is this Pointer Sisters song. I'm so excited because <laughs> that's what the girls... You know, play on their on their tape recorder. Yeah, yep. uh, boom box. When, when they decide to sing, they could have picked any song from the nineteen nineties. Sinead O'Connor, "Nothing Compares to You," was one of the top mm-hmm. songs in nineteen ninety. By the way, wow. They could have picked Belle Biv DeVoe, "Poison." They could have in picked Vogue. Madonna, yeah. "Vogue." Yeah, so
0: "Poison's a good Poison's good because it's Poison." I actually, again, I I'm I'm cr- I'm pulling some notes from a Ringer article about this episode. Uh, these are where some of my quotes are coming from. According to Peter Engel, he just—they just liked the Pointer Sisters song. It was <laughs> they thought it'd be neat to hear yeah. on TV. They just like picked it out of energy. But yeah, I mean, sure, Poison would have been um, on the money for for the subject matter. Uh, and yeah, you know, Screech is the. If you thought that segue was smooth,
2: you're gonna love <laughs> next- uh, this microphone
1: work on the mop. <laughs> I love it it I was mean, like duct uh, tape to
2: the top. Is that what it was?
1: We're still in school, and and he comes up with his elaborate costume that must just be laying around, and then this elaborate <laughs> setup with the recording. I mean, where did we get this stuff from? Oh
2: my gosh,
1: I don't know. I mean, the, even what he's
0: stuffing his shirt with, like those aren't basketballs. Like I don't, y- you'd have to imagine that Zach has like a separate locker full of costumes. That's canonically what I. Have come to. I mean, interpret.
2: he he was very funny in this scene. You gotta say, like, very very funny. Look at look it's at the sto- little oh stocking God, that's like half <laughs> up his calf. You know.
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: one is up, one is down. I mean, he's not only is he a woman janitor who they've never seen before, he's also like a mess. <laughs> uh, it's great. And here we go with uh, we're in Jesse's room. Slater is is helping Jesse with his his man brain for math that is apparently very uh very built for, for numbers. That, guess, this knows? was
2: our actual math book. Oh, just popped through the window, Mark Paul. just popping through. I just saw you just, <laughs> that was a good little jump. What, what, did you have like a little mini rebounder outside that window or you just climbed it and, and like catapulted off the couch?
1: No, I think I, I actually don't remember where I was standing out there, but it, there is like a tree limb um, but I'm sure it was like Apple boxes or some other thing yeah. that could actually come down very easily. No, none of that would happen nowadays. We've talked about this in previous episodes. Like we would have to be on a cable uh, with a stunt coordinator behind right. there, making sure that, uh, you know, yeah, yeah ferny pads and ferny pads, <laughs> <laughs> ferny pads, and, a, and an armadillo on my back in case I'm I came, so- uh, you know, and landed on my yeah. back. Um, yeah. I just want to point out though that you know your guys are talking about this book. They've been studying for four hours, uh, <laughs> and Jesse still can't get any of this uh, oh, this oh lingo down. But you know, Slater has this book, and and he has a some hefty math lingo. I am almost certainly yeah. positive. That, certainly positive. <laughs> I'm almost positively yeah. certain.
0: Positively. Uh, That's just. I mean, sure. Why not? Either one. I'm. I'm nearly positive. I don't know. I don't know. What are we? Uh, where's that thesaurus yeah, we that, we, need that, that you have
1: uh, I don't know but <laughs> I'm, I'm almost pretty sure that he wrote his line <gasps> inside that book that is a actor trait that Whoa. is an actor secret sorry it's not a trait it's a it's a little trick. industry secret yeah. trick as they say yeah Huh. Um, but usually when we have lingo like that we usually write them in, in the prop that we're especially holding especially like a medical um, like
2: a I, medical thing or uh,
1: well you've you've played you've played that right I mean have you yeah. ever r- r- written oh lines and wait and seriously
2: the, the the craziest one that you just made me crack up and i know you didn't you recently work with um chiklis with michael
1: no i haven't worked with michael okay. I, I did yeah um yeah.
2: he played my father in this movie where we were russian and i had to learn russian phonetically so half of it was with subtitles and half was in english we lived in brighton beach oh, wow. but there was a scene that we and when you memorized a line you memorized it like it was I don't know the language, right? So there was a scene, he's in the, the hospital and he's been injured. And I placed a piece of paper on his chest so that when I went down to him, you know, in case I needed to just take it off the page, so to speak. Um, anyway, they right before shooting it, they, re- the, they realized that they gave us the line wrong. So I had to write it out. Like there wasn't even a choice to say like, whatever I had to say in Russian, like I had memorized like a song. And so I literally had to write that out. But yes, I have been known, by the way, that was just a whole like ridiculous story, but I have been known to write them them out. Like let's say when you're giving a speech at a podium or things like that, you can kind of put the pages on, but you have to know it well enough to be able to kind of take it, Take it off the page, like when you're giving a speech, right?
1: Well, I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I never did this, but I know of actors on NYPD Blue, and one in particular that you know, as a detective, we have those pads, those notepads, when you roll yes. up to a scene, you know, like a crime scene, and you take your notes. Well, this particular actor's notepad—that's all it ever was—was was their wow. lines, <laughs> and they just would. Re- you're walking up to a scene, you know, you you look at your notes, but that person was actually just reading their lines.
0: Wow. And you wonder how the magic gets sucked <laughs> out of the crash. <laughs> You're looking at your dying dead Russian father, just reading well, the news thing I, off I, his got chest. It, I
2: got to get I mean, some, you know, <laughs> I was an adult.
0: was he By dying? Way, I, I just, I just a assumed language, he was dying.
2: Right. So that one, that one, come on. Sure.
0: Sure. I, sure. That's, that's a, I, look, I get, it. I studied for a bar mitzvah. I didn't know what I was saying. I get it. Uh, Jesse has um, Greenpeace posters and the Cure posters. I, I love what you guys how Your Definitely. rooms are decorated. Um, that's just that's just the me details. loving the the choices they made for everyone's room.
1: But yeah, w- did did you have any input to have like you know the Cure poster nah. or Depeche like Depeche Mode, the Cure? They seem like this uh, the same band. I appreciate them now. I really wasn't into those two bands uh, at, at that time. I was more like into do you remember when I went through like the, the public enemy phase, like where I wore the the Pittsburgh yes, Pirates hat yes. and I sort of had like the, the, the beads around my neck and, and tribe called quest oh my and God, yeah. those kind yeah. of things. And then I was like into guns and roses and Nirvana, but what were you into at that time? Do you remember?
2: This is so bad. I don't remember who I was loving. that. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think
1: we, we 30 years
0: ago. It's not bad.
2: I mean, I was just honestly like, wrapped up in what we were doing and, and my dance classes. Like I lived and breathed that that was my obsession.
0: So if it was dance class though, was it like, I would just, this is meet my own like brain of like Paula Abdul or Madonna, or like, I would just imagine it would be what was hot at the time for dance music. Janet Um, Jackson. Yeah. Perhaps some Ace of Base as the nineties continued.
2: (laughs) I mean, who who among
0: us didn't have an Ace of Base? No,
2: definitely Madonna. Of course. Definitely. Yeah. It was a whole mix though. A little wham
0: thrown in. Sure, why not? It's the it's the nineties, it's fun. Uh and uh keep alert, which is well, first of all, we get Zach popping in to like let Jesse know that the recording guy could somehow pick out her voice of the three. That's that seems like a good managerial massaging right. of the facts. Um and he gets, you know, I, I thought it's funny, Elizabeth, you noticed Zach's entrance. I thought his exit was very cavalier too. Like Mark Paul, you have like half a foot on a tree branch. <laughs> You seem like you just fly. like again these are all safety things that would not fly Let's see, I see. I noticed that.
2: Oh. Like oh. look at, it's kind of
0: like it's just like right yeah it's very I'd be stressed if I was like By the way that isn't that That's doll a nightmare? Like I
2: I I feel like what okay, okay. talked
0: yeah it's Yeah, it's a real creep. Like the say by the bell set deck team had a real passion for teenagers having dolls. I mean it's not a, I think by 15 16 you've Outgrown a semi-life-sized doll in your room, but they were pushing it on you guys, and it pays off for me at least. The doll watches you take the pills at the oh, end yeah. of the scene. <laughs> I thought it was odd
1: that the dolls in the background. How about those creepy masks with oh, the butterflies yeah. on their face? I saw too. those too. What? What they is were that?
2: Just there. Like, is the butterfly <laughs> yeah. the mask? The butterfly or is, the whole, is like the eyes and like face mask. Paint. I, I, like our. I don't know. Yeah. Creepy.
0: Creepy stuff. Yeah, Jesse was into a lot of, that's, you know, she was into a lot. She was throwing everything at the wall, see what sticks. Um, keep alert, uh, which seems like a substitute for no doze here. Um, it's worth pointing out, I think this is common knowledge, but in case you didn't know, it was originally speed in the episode, folks. This was originally on script as written by uh, Peter and Tom as speed, but standards and practices said, uh-uh, this is too much and not good for Saturday morning. So uh, Tom Tenowich suggested the replacement of caffeine pills. Peter Engel said, "I don't even know what those are. I just would like this meeting to be over." And they, the Sanders and practices, said yes. And uh, that's how it became um, Keep Alert. So there's there's the story. And Peter Engel also is uh, cited as saying he struggled with his own relationship with drugs in the '70s and thought this episode could be like a good thing to show kids that dealing with addiction, you know, he was trying to tell a real story. Um, adults in the room yeah, trying to, you know, at the, teach at kids the time, something. At this time,
2: the only time you really saw that, if I mean, now you see it, of course, and like you said, Mark, Mark Polley in 90210, but other than that, it was after-school specials. Yeah. That, that's it, that dealt with it. Or te- movies of the week, like nighttime movies of the week. So to see it in this kind of show is why I think it really, really both caught people off guard, but also really shook them up a bit.
0: Yeah, Tracy uh, Wigfield, yeah, the yeah, you know, yeah. my boss and the uh, the showrunner of the reimagining, she talks about this episode and says when she was a kid seeing it, it was like a whoa, like this is this is a real like it like it like hit a nerve with her too as a child of like this yeah, is serious, yeah. you know. This is also an episode that advances Slater and Jesse's relationship. I mean, their romantic relationship is solidified oh, in this and episode. And Jesse took the is.
2: initiative to kiss him. Did you check that out?
0: No, she's no Jesse Spano is not waiting for that kiss. She's making her move. Um, and then she's hitting the pills. <laughs> she's sitting at her desk to wolf down some of these uh, keep alerts with that doll in the background. Just who knows? Maybe the doll whispers <laughs> exactly. in her ear. <laughs> judging the oh, doll is God. judging. Yeah. The, is is the yeah? You used to play with me. Now you play with drugs. Uh, that's what the doll's thinking, certainly. But you
2: guys, I, I do, I do love the relationship with Zach and Jesse was consistent through the show. Mm, like
3: yeah, the,
2: the, some yeah, some of the friends. dynamics would kind of like. This episode brought Slater and Jesse together, but then suddenly it, it never made sense. Suddenly, the next episode, he and Zach are fighting over who's going to take Kelly to the dance. It was, but with us, it was consistent, except for you know, of course, um, Snow White and the Seven Dorks. We we did kiss.
0: We did. Spoiler alert, Mark Paul, you guys do kiss in a Snow White musical rap episode. Do
2: you remember that?
0: Uh, not. Oh my you know?
2: god. I didn't make an impact? Wow. No.
1: wow. You could have you could have lied, but that's I but that's why he's honest.
2: That didn't make an impact?
1: Uh not that kiss. Uh, okay. Okay.
0: All right. Well, perhaps for another <laughs> podcast. Uh because we could be here uh-huh. all day on that one, folks. You could,
1: you could take what you want from that, but uh, uh-huh. Elizabeth is yeah. smiling, I'm smiling, all is good. We
0: know we we, we I'm we, frowning. Yeah. It is a family show. Yeah. Uh and we're in <laughs> act 2. Um again, it was it was a, it was a job.
1: feels uncomfortable. What is that? Oh wow! <coughs> oh look at God. that. We're kissing,
0: listeners. Uh, Elizabeth has pulled up on her phone a, a still image of her kissing Mark Paul for proof that it happened. A thing you certainly know if you're listening to this podcast. But but going the back to what Elizabeth said about us being
1: all professional <laughs> and showing up for work. Um, sure. The, the the one time we were sat down by the producers. Do you remember this, Liz? We were sat down because I don't remember what season it was, but at some point. All of us had been like, you know, you, you, you make alliances with maybe it's Elizabeth and I, and then we're sort of against, you know, Tiffany and Mario. And uh, Lark was like, kind of like trying to f- be a, a satellite of who who's uh, sort of, you know, group she's going to be in we we had to be sit down, sat down by the uh, the producers and and told, guys, knock it off. You have a job to do. Yeah, yeah, you know, this is this has got to stop. But but all that was was just hormones yes. going through this and, set. and
2: so natural, like just think about just in regular high school, those those dynamics occur. Clicks. There's just more people. We had six, six right. teens. yeah, and, and you know what? it's funny. I even hear with some of the teen girls I work with because I've been zooming with them during this time, a lot of them who are in pods, these learning pods, like it's not easy when there's just five, six people you see every day, every single day, you know? And then when there are sparks between two, but there's nowhere really to to hide, you know, it's, that's the group.
0: Yeah. Energy bounce, energy needs to bounce off of things. And when you have what I would, you know, you have a group of five, six kids and the energy only has so many places to go. Uh so yeah I would, I would imagine that would that would lead to trouble. There's the smooth segue we're in act 2. The max. Uh a rare instance by the way of belding uh True. eating. Him- I don't think I've I cannot remember other times having I've seen meal. this man eating. He looks like he's a having a full, full dinner. Meal. Yeah, like not a burger. A plate with beans and <laughs> p- potatoes, maybe a meatloaf. I don't I know. It's like a also. He don't, don't looks like I maybe it was his lunch that day.
2: Having many one-on-one scenes with Belding, like I, and by the way, I Dennis and I always have had such a, a a really sweet, kind relationship. Like he was good to us, you know, when we were kids. Like when I think about it, just that he was the only one with all these kids. (laughs) It was a lot. Um, But I don't remember. Like I remember being often in Belding's office with other kids, but this was like a one-on-one. It was a moment where we were confiding.
0: You would get roped into Belding's office, usually being on the good end of the scheme opposite, like everyone else being the troublemakers. Uh, So that would, that would, that checks out to me. I
1: like how Belding is keeping uh, in, in in line with, previous episodes where he remember in the last episode, he's like, or, or the one with my dad. He was like, look, he's not going to remember this school stuff. It's okay. Don't put too much pressure on him. And he's doing the same thing with Jesse. I mean, he's like, yeah. Hey, Jesse, calm down. If you don't get into Stanford, it's not a big deal. Like I'll get you into another college. I'll write you a good letter. I mean, he's kind of like, uh, you you wouldn't expect that from a Chill. principal. right? Chill. You would hope to get that from a principal. Like it, it but yeah, it is. A, it's
0: a healthy thing to be like, don't the weight of the world isn't on your shoulders if you don't get into one yeah.
1: school. But I don't get the sense that he's 100% behind Jesse's ambitions. Like, if she says she wants to get into Stanford and that's the school she wants to go to, all right, let's 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 do yeah. everything we can to get you into that school. Mm. If it You're doesn't right. work out, Jesse, then we'll look for other options. But he's taking the different You're approach so here. Right. He's just like, look- I I I just want to get through this meal. Could you just shut the fuck up and let me eat? I mean,
0: if yeah, she's bothering him at lunch, like, can't she? Can't, maybe that's the thing. She needs to bug him oh during office God. hours if if she wants the full principal package. Um, instead, she's bothering him to eat. Now, this this got touched on uh, as we started the episode, but again, like, this is an episode about addiction. It's an episode about Peter Engel says this is an episode about peer pressure. Um, to me, what, rewatching it, it's like no, this this is really about the pressures of getting into college. I mean and and of being like perfect.
2: Yeah, the pressures of being perfect and excellence that's expected. And yeah. I mean it's it's in our culture for for you know young men and young women, but I mean especially with social media now that would be like if this show was you know made now like this and well let's say if there was social media back then they would have to deal with the pressures of like the branding of self that go along with social media. Right that yeah. the girls have pressure with. But just in that bubble alone of just academically, socially, goal setting, it was on high, especially for, for Jessie that held, her, held herself in – you never saw anyone put pressure on her, by the way, because much like the Peanuts, <laughs> you, we rarely, rarely saw the parents, right? It's a lot of wah, wah, wah. But um, so it was self-generated, I think. But we never understood why she was so driven. We never saw what was she trying to, who was she trying to do that for, or maybe just herself.
0: Please, listeners, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think we see Jesse's parents like we meet Jesse's dad at the wedding in Palm right. Springs. But I think that's the only time you see Jesse's p- parents at all. If I'm unless I'm. I've been wrong a bunch, so excuse me if I am, but I don't, I can't recall.
2: I remember Zach's mom um, and Zach's parents, but not Jesse's mom. Which- yeah, that
0: is that is interesting that you, I mean, some of the most motivated from when I was in high school, uh, kids who were like the the kind of Jesse Spanos of like, I'm going to this school and I've known it since I was 10 years old. Um, a lot of times I feel like that does, yeah. that can come from parents, I mean- certainly. So for it to be totally internal, that's that's unique, it feels like to me.
1: Hey guys. Can we please talk about your French manicured nails? Because I remember you always having <laughs> French manicures. <laughs> did,
2: did you like them? While we
1: were working. That's what, that was that's, like, that's, that's, that I did. Material, I remember yeah. you were the very first person that I ever knew who had French manicured nails. Aww. And so I always wow. used to like, just, you, right? That was your thing. It was my you thing. It,
2: it, that, they were clean, they yeah. were clean mm. and shiny and had that white tip, right?
1: And there they are Clean and shiny It's a real look yeah. With the white tip Right in front of Mr. Belding And he doesn't even He doesn't even Give them the time of day
2: Look at them They're in
1: What's he going to say Nice (laughs) nails kid (laughs) He could He could Instead he's like, yeah, he could. <laughs> instead, he's for for like you don't dog. want to go to Stanford. Eh, I didn't go to Stanford. Look at me. I turned out fine. Wow. Look at me. I'm
0: I mean meatloaf at noon on a Thursday. Don't oh you want this? No, but like like I do nails. remember
1: Liz like that was like your thing, like your nails. And then I remember there was a certain perfume that you wore. Uh anise. anise
3: yes.
1: Anise anise. Anise. Anise anise. Was- anise, anise. See and people, I know they're they're going to be listening to this. go why does he fucking remember that shit? But he doesn't remember like scenes. <laughs> from scent say, is very oh. closely.
0: No, scent is a powerful form of memory. Everyone knows. And ever, by the way,
1: I know. I'm sure they all talk. They all talk like that. Like like this. <laughs> that's how right? they talk. Yeah. That I, I'm, they I'm talk, not. Yeah. They, I'm sure they don't. I'm sure it's a, a nice, normal I'm person sure who's asking this question. Mm. Um, but I don't know. These are things. These are things that you remember like growing up. These are, I, I, you know, I, I just remember this about you. I remember your nails. I remember that was very important for you to get your nails done. And, and it was always a French manicure. Right. You never had them painted. And I remember that scent Oh my years.
2: God, that's the sweetest ever. Um, <laughs> just, no, that was, that was my, no, but that, those are the things, I, again, that go back to this time where we're, we're just saying it may not be things we remember from the episodes, but the real life stuff.
1: Yeah, that was real life. You actually had French manicured nails and wore that <laughs> perfume. Yeah, it doesn't seem like
0: Jesse. That seems maybe more like a. I mean, clearly it that was. was an Elizabeth's and choice, then but that we became Jesse. We yeah.
2: had something before we get into this dream sequence. Um, we had something on set by season two or three. I don't know if Mark Paul remembers it, but it was called Cleavage Patrol. They literally called it that because. Oh, as, I don't
1: know, I'm not aware of that.
2: Okay, well, it was something that are we
1: talking about Mario's cleavage or <laughs> <you're> the girl? <laughs>
2: It was, well, it was specifically for Jesse because right now I was just noticing I was very buttoned up and, you know, things happen over the summer when you are this age for real development. And I just remember it was like two seasons where that wasn't an issue with clothing. And then suddenly they started buttoning me, buttoning me up or this thing called cleavage patrol that Liz Bass would know about our costume designer. Mm. Yeah, just throwing that out after the mustard-colored button-down that you just saw, I just realized, oh, that must have been either pre that or it,
0: it was in the make. I mean, you know, fascist regimes don't happen overnight. They the Cleavage Patrol had to be birthed out of a long history of yes. oppression. Yes. So I get it; they were starting slow. <laughs> exactly. That's what happens, folks. Be vigilant. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, and and we're in the fuzzy pink fantasy. Um, I love Mr. Dewey's performance in this. Oh, I think um, it's epic. It's like such the perfect juxtaposition of. Mr. Dewey's monotone voice and this like what I envisioned high school might be like or something is like it's the beach but in a classroom according to say by the I mean this is college uh but yeah this like right surfer super relaxed thing I
1: loved it
2: just a little fun fact the girl in the bikini next to Mark Paul is is Mario's sister
1: huh yeah Marisa I have it in my notes yeah. Okay, because
2: often our siblings, whether it was the beach episodes, my brother Jason was definitely in the beach. You can spot him because he's almost six 6'7". Hmm. Um, all of our siblings kind of made it into the show at some point. And Marisa, there she is. Beautiful. I've got
0: a fun fact about another uh, subtle little guest star that's coming up later. I will do my... It's in my notes. How could okay. I forget? Um, and yeah, we learn how... Um, we learn here how... Just how hairy Mr. Belding's legs are in case the fans were wondering. You can see how much leg hair Dennis he was just had a hairy time.
1: dude though like I remember that about him as well if I remembered well his chest, chest but not only yeah. that I, I remember you because we would see each other's hands and I always remember like he had hairy knuckles he had hairy like that makes an impression like on a here. young man
0: because you see you see what might happen to you you're like whoa that could be my future as a kid As a, I mean dudes you're like whoa this is I'm going to grow hair on my hands
1: that's freaking wild <laughs>
2: Oh my God! <laughs> You'll remember you know, Mark that, Mark <laughs> Paul. Did you like doing these these fantasy dream sequences? Were they fun to you?
1: I don't remember doing them as, as much. I I, I mean, th- I know that we would pre tape them a lot of the times, right? Because, right, right. yeah. Right. Obviously, we wouldn't be
2: because then for the studio audience, um, then it was done and edited for the right. It was played in one piece
1: because obviously we wouldn't just like you know start to zone out, then go change, and then come back to that scene in the max. We would actually just play this as a as a replay for the audience. So it was it was uh, you know done done for their benefit, which was kind of cool because for us, I remember the the one part I do remember. Uh, of filming these, these uh, fantasy sequences is that we actually got to watch them while we were, you know,
2: right backstage. backstage in between.
1: Yeah, it was actually, so it was
2: fun. It, it was
1: fun. Like that thing with uh, Screech in the uh, locker room, that might've been pre-taped just because he had to get into a costume. And so you would watch right. that back. Um, and I'm sure we're, we're going to get to it, but the, like the music video, obviously that was done. Oh yeah. Uh, Possibly oh, yeah. on a Thursday, you'll have to t- talk to us uh, through that process. Okay. But uh, th- that those were moments where we got to to watch, uh, like uh, as an audience member, we got to watch the show and 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 kind of see, you know, what the finished product would look like.
0: Yeah, and uh, in yeah. any other episode, this uh, fuzzy pink fantasy of like Surf University would be the zaniest thing we cut away to. But folks, we've still got that hot Sunday music video coming up. Uh, again, one of the reasons, yeah. I'm just going to keep saying it, this episode is so well-regarded is it has everything. Every single thing Say by the Bell ever did is in this one 22-minute episode. Yeah, like, truly. In one. Um, and yeah, we get here in the halls of Bayside that this is the peer pressure angle of the friends being like, come on, we need you, and, you know, the the walls closing in on Jessie to to provide for the people around her.
2: I don't know if it's so much peer pressure or just the joy— they. You know, what was well done, I thought, in this episode is um, it really shows that you don't really know what's fully going on with your friends sometimes. So their encouragement and joy in, hey, let's do this, They, she's either not fully letting them know how unraveled she, she's feeling, you know, like just with her emotions and desire to keep it all together and navigate that so I don't feel like it's actual pressure. I feel like they just don't get it. And maybe it's because she's not fully letting them in on how bad it is.
0: That's a, that's a good perspective. Yeah. I mean, a, a more true peer pressure thing would be like, Hey, if you wanted, if you're having trouble studying, take these pills or so like that would be the actual. Right. Um,
2: or, place. or peer pressure for a show like this would have been do this or you're not part of our friend group. Right. You know? Yeah. There's no Whereas stakes. This was just like Jesse. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she's loved by them and they, they root for each other and they just, I think don't know how serious it is at this point.
1: Any theories on how Zach got the, the, uh, the title hot Sunday for the band? Zero. It is an odd title, right? Because some of the other titles of the girl bands were, uh, uh, buns on the run and, uh, what was the other one? Zit? I zit mean, z- the zit thing. I, I didn't even, I didn't even write it down. I didn't write it down because it was like it thing. They were silly as hell. But,
0: Buns on the run.
1: <laughs> but I was still like shocked by Hot Sunday. Like, and and Kelly's like, oh yeah, that sounds great. Well, Hot Sunday is a, is a name that evokes. It does? Yeah. It evo- like, whoa,
0: it's like, does it? It's like hot. I mean, hot, hot is right in there. I don't know. It's like hot and there's sauce. I don't, it's like, feels like overtly uh sexual for children. I don't know. I mean, new kids on the block. Those are just some new children who moved in down the street. Hot Sunday. Like that sounds like a gentleman's club. (laughs) A club not for gentlemen, by the way. Um, But yeah, off of Jesse taking the pills in the hallway. I thought this was a cool edit um, into the music, yes. like the drums very creative. No, cut. That was very a cool, cool. choice. Very, a little choice. more yeah, sophisticated than I would have. Yeah, no, totally. A little more like, ooh, like what's going on here on Saturday that morning? That sort
1: of drum intro seemed to me like the B-52's Love Shack, like the intro to that which mm. was like 1989 as well. Ah. But I was like, wait, I've heard this sort of intro before and then I had to Google it and it popped up and yeah, I, th- it I, I like thought it sounded a little bit like, love, thing, yeah, yeah. like a little bit
0: of a Love Shack. It all sounds the same because it's all like you know keyboards and stuff. There's only a couple little drum note noises there.
2: By the way, that that shot you just froze on a second ago, like just alone on the staircase, is they they didn't usually do that where someone was right. just isolated. I, I don't think there were a lot of shots in our show where someone was ever just alone. They they it did means, a good job. Yeah.
0: It means and, like tr- like like trouble or like they're if they're alone they're usually in a state of isolation. Yeah, like totally. You guys were always yeah. around each other. And also pretty cavalier there, Jesse, just popping pills on the stairs, like go to the bathroom. I I mean, come on, what are you new to drugs? (laughs) Just do it somewhere. Day tripper. Dig it.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, now,
0: now we are in again, like the, the, the freak out breakdown at the end is what we remember, but this is the, this is nuts. This is like the wildest thing.
2: This is, this is so epic. I just can't even explain. First of all, can I just share? I was very excited to get to have one of my dance teachers choreograph this. We usually had Maria, who was our stage manager, like powerhouse preppies when Mark Paul and I did that and other, other dance things. Maria was a dancer and incredible. This one, they needed to bring a choreographer in just because of how much time this took, and she couldn't, you know, do that. So we brought in Michael Rooney, who was my dance teacher and still is an incredible Sorry. choreographer. Start Son up, of Mickey, Mickey Rooney. yeah. And we got to actually, like, this was heaven for me to rehearse this. And, I mean, come on, you guys. It's so cheesy and good that I can't even...
1: Let me just give you some context, though, because I did my homework on Michael. So, Michael, uh, he he's won MTV vid- Video Music Awards for Best Choreography for for things such as Fatboy Slim's um, Praise You. Uh, he also did one of my favorites, Um Weapon of choice, which was with Christopher Walken. Yes, like that is just an yeah. amazing. He's a uh, genius. All time video, yeah. yeah. video. Gnarls Barkley. He did run. He did Bjork's. Uh, yes. it's oh so quiet. Fiona Apple's paper bag. Um, he he is he was amazing. This music video is two minutes long. Like it is a full It's a
0: full on- video. It's a full music video. It's a totally. full music video. The same you note. can tell
2: yeah. because we have three different leotards that go up our butt. Um, yeah. We did yeah. it. We had to do it all the way through many, many, many times in different looks.
1: Okay, so walk us through this. When did you do this?
2: I, I don't remember us doing this like in some dance studio or anything. You know, Mark remember when we would like, you know, they'd either pull us to go do school. Let's say if you weren't in a scene, I mean, Mark Paul was just about in every scene. So that, that was a lot on him.
1: Oh, also just to give our, to give our uh, audience um, some background with school, you need 15 hours of school a week. So generally you do three hours a day if you're working five days a week. Yes. But on- Thursdays and Fridays, which are our busier days because we do, you know, the rehearsal with the cameras on Thursdays and the show on Friday, you can bank time. So on Monday, maybe we would do four hours, four and a half. Tuesday we would do another four hours. So by Friday, all you had to do was one hour of school. Same with Tuesday, maybe yeah. two hours of school. And that was just banking time. So that's how we got away with, you know, only going to school for one hour on a Friday because obviously we needed to be working as well. So anyway, go back to what you are talking about. No, it was everything
2: you you just said. You think
1: you were pulled away on that Friday? I think we
2: were pulled away onto a soundstage with mirrors. Like I'm picturing it in my head. Um, But I also know that because it was multicam, right, where the sets were already built for that given week, this was already in place. So because it had mirrors, we were able to rehearse in there when people are either on a lunch break or or whatever, just to get in the space. But we rehearsed, I think just on a soundstage nearby. Um, We didn't go to an alternate dance studio. I know that. So
1: you, you rehearsed during the week, like you didn't, this was one week of rehearsal and you were able to produce this.
2: It was pretty epic, right? We did. Yeah, we did. We didn't do more. I don't, I don't believe we did more than the regular work week. It, It was like, Dancing with the Stars. We we learned it <laughs> in a few days and went up. We put it up. Um, but I remember we probably pre-taped this even. You guys like on a Thursday. Wow, is what I'm guessing because this we had to pre-tape
1: it. You know what I find interesting though is that from this you weren't approached to do more.
2: Right. You know because nowadays you can do this.
1: People who are on television shows and they sing and they dance. They can see that you do this. Yeah. Your approach to do other things like you would be in High School Musical.
2: Right. You know what? I think that's the thing that was so odd about, like, in the moment that we did this and it aired, the tr- traction that it got later, as you've talked about, you guys, on, on this podcast, you know, when we did this, the visibility level wasn't what it became. So I, I yeah, I mean, you'd think Broadway would be calling <laughs> at that time, but no, we, we, we did this. People loved it, but I, just the tr- what it got it increased just with time and the different generations that it hit in syndication. Um, but you would have thought, I mean, we were all, and you know what? Everyone, I remember Tiffany and, and Lark too. Everyone had a dance background and, you know, at, at least singing that, look at this, we did this song we did. I'm so excited. It was a really ambitious episode.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not just the, not just like doing the song. I mean, yeah, to, Mark Paul's point at the length. This is a full video with multiple costume changes and, and a lot of choreography. Uh, Peter Peter Engel Peter Engel moved from from to California Dreams with the thought of I can sell real music with my TV shows. And when I look at this, I'm amazed there wasn't a real conversation around like we got to put out a Hot Sunday album or like we got to put out. Oh, more, like, I, I agree. Like it, that that no, I agree. My, and I wonder if California Dreams was a product of him saying like. Whoa! I kind of had that a that wasn't taken advantage. Yeah, we we could have milked yeah. that thing for a little more. Yeah,
2: I, I think you're right. Um, especially with the three of us, they could have done a lot more.
0: Also, the uh, I mean, we could spend a, a, an eternity in that video. So I will just say the costume choices are are oh, otherworldly. No. And, and didn't you say the?
2: I am so glad you didn't go without acknowledging. I that could because, not. <laughs> I mean, it's shocking. It's it's think about it. For such a clean cut show, those, there's just, it's all the way up your butts. Every single one
0: of you, it's <laughs> all <And> the <that>, way up your butts.
2: <laughs> and that was the thing at the time. You wore black leggings uh, with a color pop yeah. like that. But think about it. I mean, we were 15, 16, 17. Like that was just
0: crazy, crazy, crazy. It stuff. really was.
2: Um, For Saturday morning.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, again, love it. Also, it's worth just noting uh, Go For It, written, written by uh, Rich Ames and Scott Gale, who wrote all the music. They wrote Go For It also. That's one of their songs. They did?
2: Wow. We should do a redo of that. But (laughs) us. You know
0: know that video, (laughs) so that Hot Sunday got uploaded to the, um, I was just, I want to do, I was curious about how it's been repackaged on the internet, which we can get into kind of later. This episode has been repackaged eternally, over and over. Um, Peacock uploaded the Hot Sunday music video last year as like, you know, content to the Peacock channel. And it has like, like, 250,000 views or something since July. Like people still seek this out and love it. It's, you know, this
2: was the big thing on, on, you know, I mean, Mark and I, when we get DMs, I don't look at all of them, of course, but the one I saw the most on New Year's was this like 2021, let's go for it. Like, and this became, (laughs)
3: this,
2: this became the thing. Or while we were waiting for, um, election results i'm so excited was you know people would do hashtag mood to that clip yeah even the um like the anxiety
0: the the three of you doing like that shoulder choreography where it's kind of like every other head is going the other way like i've seen that repurposed a lot like this episode has been repackaged in these little moments that i think it's very easy to lose sight of the fact that they're all the same episode yes And yeah, that, uh, and even that we get that weird little edit wipe out of the music video too. I love that. It's like such an 80s, 90s style choice to, I don't even know what you call that wipe. It like spins off into a tiny rectangle. It's a, it's another, it's, it's not
2: a, it's not a dissolve. Not a dissolve. We have it's to find out a, what, what we're. I don't know. And of course it's, and of course it's set apart in a different way than.
0: Right. The it's dream not or a fantasy
2: sequence. What didn't yeah, they call it? Or, dream I, sequence? I call yeah, them fantasies, no.
0: even though a lot of times they're like nightmares, but it is like a dream sequence. Um, they are like nightmares. Like it's weird things happen. It's never pleasant in those pink zones.
2: <laughs> did buddy bands do the same thing? Do you remember? Buddy
0: bands did a similar thing, but it, yeah, it did a similar like edit out. Um, we know the editor. We should yeah. We should talk to the editor here. She would know this. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like a really specific... Nowadays, it would be like played for laughs to use that type of effect. At the time, it looked right. really cool. And yeah, it was, it was a cool use yeah. of tech, technology. Even the way there's like distortion on your guys's dance moves and there's superimposing your faces. It's like they threw everything in the trick book at this video and people love it still. I, I know I do. It's yeah. fun. <laughs> to use that. It word. makes you
3: happy, right?
0: Yeah. I love it. Um and yeah, we get a uh, off of that incredible music video. It wasn't a fantasy, it really happened. Um <laughs> Slater Slater discovers Jesse's still on the pills. Uh mm. she's still she's still doing those things. He's not happy about it. He really, again, he he cares about her, her well being, you know? It's good to have people like that in your life for sure.
2: And so do the rest of the gang.
0: They do. It just takes them a minute to understand what's really happening. Like Slater's yes. Slater's the only, which again, as far as addiction goes and stuff, like that's a true story that, that there can be someone with more info on the situation and not everyone really, you never really know what someone else is going through. So there's a ton of lessons in this thing, you know, exactly. as, as silly as it might feel at times.
1: They're real lessons. I just want to fill you in with those caffeine pills. I don't know if I've I've Please. said this before, but caffeine pills generally have between 100 and 200 milligrams of caffeine <laughs> in them. Per serving. It's a so cup of coffee. It's yeah. yeah it's like having a, it's a cup of really coffee. strong cup of coffee. Um
0: yeah. it is interesting. It's, it, it's why this is so funny. Like I know. It, that is the funny right. stuff now. is like, right. He's like
2: but didn't people use something called no back in the day?
0: Right. Which I think is a similar a similar. I mean, that's where I grew up knowing like truckers use no I think five hour energy replaced no in the marketplaces. Yeah, they're, you know, I think it's all the same junk. Just gets you… No one makes you crash your car with a heart attack with your kids in the back. That's so, <laughs> that fun stuff. Who would do something that <laughs> um, that reckless? Who? What? What zany person? Zany. Um, and we're in Act Three. Uh, Jesse is just tweaking out here in the classroom. Just no laugh track. By the way, they cut the laugh track. Like in oh. any other episode, Jesse doing this motor mouth thing would be a laugh, but it's
1: it's not there now. And Mario and his sister are in the same scene together. She's sitting at the yes. uh, head of the class. How how uh, interesting is that? Yeah. Worlds colliding. Yeah, they, they cut out the laugh track, much like in that last episode where um, Mario came out with his shirt off and kind of did that pose down for Miss Bayside. I told you they took out the laugh track there.
0: The, the applause, the raucous applause, you mean?
1: Yeah, they took that out. So they, they. they <laughs> sure. I, I, I wonder <laughs> yeah. if they actually told the audience, like, you know, don't say a word. Don't, no, applause. no applause. He's bad
0: in this scene. He just got framed for hitting
1: a a fellow student don't don't applaud his body you have a guy in the audience that's the warm up guy and I don't remember what our guy his name was um, but he was with us for quite a while Uh, so apologies to our warm up guy that I don't remember but I don't remember a lot of shit um but uh, but
2: his job was to keep it going like yeah. a fun rally. His
1: job was to keep these these guys uh, you know energized and and ready to laugh and 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 stuff. So I'm, I'm wondering if he had to say, okay, this is a very this is a very uh, serious scene, guys. So we just want to keep you guys nice and quiet. That's a, that's actually how he taught. <laughs> that's so- that's good. I do remember that. Was that nice. yeah, awesome.
0: almost was a Casey Kasem. Yeah. You almost did a Casey. You almost slipped into a Casey oh. Kasem. Um, we have we have the screen paused in the classroom here. I just want to notice that on the board it says project number one. I yeah. went to a real school with real boards full of assignments. They would usually just say the assignment. That seems like an oversight that it wouldn't yeah. say like geometry. Why not say <laughs> geometry? They're in. They're taking that, have it say triangles. It'll, whatever. That's nitpicky. Yeah. Who cares?
2: Project um, number
0: one. Project number one. Why not? We're, what are we going to do? Be here all day over that one? Um, and yeah, Jessie hands it in and uh, yeah, she's, She's struggling. She's on drugs. That's the headline. Um, and when I love that when Slater tries to talk to Zach about it, he says, "My girls are singing tonight." He is just moving at lightning speed with being a, a music industry manager. <laughs> to say, Wait, a see the like guy,
2: that. see the guy right there, the blonde next to. you? I mean, yeah. he was in almost every episode. I wish I knew his name.
0: He's one of the more prominent nerds. Like He's he has very a, funny. a real, very
2: look, funny, real yeah. look to him.
0: Yeah, my girls are singing tonight. Sure, we've all been there. Uh, that's a classic high school thing to deal with. Uh, and yeah, this is again talking about how this episode has everything. It also has a Zach and Slater fight. It's short. It's not prolonged, but they fight here. They 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 have a, a bumping of heads of like my friend's not on drugs. You're a like then they storm off. You know, it's resolved within m- minutes. But yeah, this the the Slater Zach tension is is here too.
1: I see uh, in your notes, Dashwell, it says classifying caffeine as, quote, drugs, end quote, may have undercut the message in the long term. I actually wrote in mine because I had to, you know, I had a rebuttal. But caffeine is defined as a drug because it stimulates the central nervous system, causing increased alertness. So the FDA does classify Uh, it as a drug.
0: yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, they knew, they knew. They knew what they were doing when they said sub- the knew. original script said speed. <laughs> they knew <laughs> I'm pointing fingers. Now, do we never, we they, knew. Never, they knew what they were doing. <laughs> yeah. We
2: never read an original version that said <laughs> right. speed though. I don't recall yeah. that. Once it got to you us, didn't,
0: it didn't get to it, you. It, yeah. That's yeah, correct. okay. Yeah.
2: Okay.
0: Yeah. And, um, as I have it here, um, and again, citing that ringer article that was very good and thorough. If you want more information on this episode, uh, Franco, uh, who's a producer on the original series as well as the reimagining, he raised the question, hey, does this undercut the episode? Like, is this a problem now that this was about speed and now it's about coffee? And the general consensus was like, look, Jesse is taking something that changes who she is. It's getting in the way of her friendships. What that is really doesn't matter. And that's correct. It It doesn't. She has a problem. Her friends need to help her. It's only through the lens of the internet and years later where it's like, Laughable that it's caffeine, Um, but right. they made a choice to tell this story for kids on Saturday morning, and for this real. is what we get. And,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we weren't there. There was make no mistake, we were not. We we were full on. It's not campy, earnest, it like, and real. Yeah. yeah, no, we were not yeah. in on any joke at all. It was the real deal.
3: Yeah,
0: for
2: us um, as actors,
0: totally. And and I think that comes across. We are just folks. I know it's a long one. Thank you for being with us. I'm. Lord knows I'm having fun and I'm excited. Going to use both those words. Uh, and,
2: <laughs> well, this and we one, see the, like we said in the beginning, yeah. it has so many layers. Like we have it's to do just it justice. So much. Come on, it's not so dense, every episode yeah. had this much involved, uh, and it. how it, the impact this one has had somehow.
0: No, we're. I mean, we're literally still talking about it. Um, we're in the max for rehearsal. I think it's very interesting that this very quick clip of the three of the girls here. Um, Dancing on stools or whatever, sure, don't want to spend all the energy. It gets used in the theme song, uh, in the syndicated theme song. It's like a very it's it's one of the, because it's in the theme song, it's one of the most viewed seconds of Saved by the Bell, because it's on every episode. And yet Jesse is like in the throes of addiction. Uh she's in like the throes of caffeine pills, and, you know, dancing here, and it it that all gets cut aside. So when we talk about how this episode has been repackaged and repurposed, it's not just the internet, it's NBC looking at this clip also and being like, what a fun two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Thought that was neat. Wait, and
2: it, is it, isn't Franco himself yes, the, one of the record that's producers my, or am I wrong? No,
0: you're, you, okay. you got a little bit of a head, but that's, that's okay. Sorry, No, don't be, please. No place for sorries here. He will, we will see Franco in just a minute uh, as one of the industry executives. Uh, I'm, I'm excited about that. A young so, Franco.
1: Let me get this straight. We are having rehearsal for yeah. Hot Sunday. I, I just love that uh that name. Um great name. Yeah, great name. <laughs> um w- rehearsal at the Max. Uh we could have had rehearsal anywhere. Where are the paying customers? Like w- we we all know that I had that in my notes. Not I had heard. that in
0: my notes too. What what is going? I mean there's a like Max is having real money Listen, trouble. We, we had, just established
1: this. We had to save the, the <laughs> Max uh, a few episodes now, ago right. because he was in debt by ten thousand dollars. Now we it's, have rehearsals here, and now it's our rehearsal it's space. Crazy. <laughs> I mean, these are tiny things, but they are things. I mean,
0: and where is Max? They are certainly things now. To, like when he nowhere to be seen. When,
2: well, but wasn't he gone by this season, or no? <laughs> he's
0: still around. He'll. I think Ed is like a, He's he's around here and there, but he is. Certainly around less. I mean, if it wasn't Max who poured you your cup of coffee at the beginning, it was just like waitress number three. Huh.
2: Oh, look at you guys are clapping.
0: Whoa, look at that. I just saw your bum. <laughs> yeah. There's more like you were, you were, you must've at some point, Elizabeth, were you like, I need more fabric up my butt in this episode? Like two leotards wasn't enough.
2: No. Like what's crazy is that was the look then. Yeah, it was totally. Insane, sure. But it just, it was so normal. Yeah,
0: That you were like, this is, this is just the look. And also, like, your butt is fully covered by pant material. How is that different from... Right. Leggings. leggings. Yeah. Yeah. Look.
2: It's just there's a vertical... Yeah.
0: Everything we do today will look foolish in 20 years. We can all agree on that. So, like, 1990 was any different.
2: That moment, though, at the end of rehearsal... You you know, going back to when you said, look, they use that clip where I'm in full throes of... Mm -hmm. You didn't really know when she was singing... Right. That she was in the midst of, like, being... you know, being in that, um, caffeine induced state until the end. Until the mania.
0: Yeah. The mania sets in of like, but I also love that even though Jesse flips out and is having a full blown, like mini meltdown, no one in the group is like, Ooh, what's going on here? They're just like, Oh, she must be hyped up. It's normal. See you guys at six. (laughs) (laughs) Big night. (laughs) Um, and, uh, yeah, that, uh, that takes us right on into the scene folks. We're here. Jesse's room, the scene.
1: I'd like to point out, I when I tell Jesse, I'm like, "Come on, come on!" It's like I'm commanding a dog or something. That, that, see, I, I, yeah. I, I, the way I kind of like push you as well. I don't know. I I would have changed that. Would have.
2: No, but wait! Can I tell you why I like that? Because it gave you somewhere to go and to start to take in. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're still as Zach. You're still thinking. I'm okay. Like, there's not a problem. And so I think if you had come in playing it differently, you would have been playing mm. the problem. And in this in this way, you, it gets to move in on you in a different way, okay. I think.
0: Yeah, but he also did know, like, Slater did tell him there's a problem. So it's almost like he maybe somewhere should a little bit be, I mean... He's he's too in the mode of being a manager. Look at that shirt and tie combo. This guy's ready to make right, some he's money. He's
2: ready. He's ready for success. I love success. that shirt. I for, want that
0: shirt. I I like it too. It almost looks like your bedspread too. Like you got bought the. It's at the same fabric as
1: the the Zach Morris bedspread. <laughs> I want cool. to wear that uh, to to a premiere so whenever good. we go to premieres again. Remember, remember 2024. doing twenty twenty
2: four.
0: Oh my uh, God. I remember going places and putting on real clothes. You know,
1: it's so funny because d- during the scene uh too, I'm I'm like, uh, Jesse, we gotta go, we gotta go, we gotta go. And she's like, I can't, you know, the and then and then I finally like I'm like, yeah, you, you shouldn't go. And part of me was like, if I was Zach, wouldn't I have just said, okay. Just take one more round of caffeine. One more pill. take it. Come on. Let's do one last score. Rehab in the morning. Yeah.
2: Come on. We'll get you through and then we'll deal with it. Right? I mean, that (laughs) seems
0: more in line. That's the, that's the true story. Yeah. If he was really ready for success, you better be ready to shove some drugs in your artist's hand and, do the show and deal with rehab in the morning that's, that's right. how pros do
1: it see and i don't remember right. this episode other than <laughs> this scene like i remember this scene because this this yeah. was a this made an impact on me um so while i was watching this in the next scene when when dustin walks out as the third member of the group i let out an audible like what the fuck i was like i couldn't believe it just keeps going i couldn't believe that that was the, the, the that was the solution to the problem like i would just get, I would just get uh, screech to, to fill in. Like why? First of all, I thought right. get her, get her up, get her on caffeine pills, shove her out the door. You can do this. Come on, right. Jesse, one last score. Uh-huh. And then the uh-huh. second would, would be just like, how about just having the two girls sing and not have a third and kind of make a thing of it. And then right. just yeah. to, to yeah. bring
2: attention to the fact the that there's Anyway, so yeah. we're getting ahead of
1: ourselves, but let's go, let's continue with
0: this. You're so right. So, um, I have it here. Uh, please dispute this if this is wrong. According to Peter Engel, you guys shot this twenty-five times in a row. Does that no, sound correct? Because I, I, I was, I thought <laughs> there's no way that's right.
3: I would be shocked. A, according, according be,
0: to Mark Paul, he has a flair for. Uh, he's an entertainer, right? You know, he's a flair for embellishment. So that's the that yeah. that's as it's written. You're saying that's maybe an exaggeration.
2: In my mind, and I could be wrong, Mark yeah. Paul. But first of all, twenty-five. To me, is like not a chance. No, because I
1: don't think we would film more than five takes in front of an audience,
2: right? And I, I feel like we did like two passes, and then once they in my mind, I could be wrong, two passes, and then I feel like we were done. Or you know, someone said to us, "Okay, you guys, we've got it. Let it rip!" Like
1: that—that's usually the way things go. It's like you do two where you are not holding back but you're not really like you're you're still testing the waters in a way and you're just giving maybe 85% or so and then it's it's a you know they will usually say this guys we have it but if you want to try one more And just give it your all and maybe, maybe you'll have something.
2: And I think that's the one. Exactly.
1: I think that that's what happened too. I kind of remember that as well because that's, that's usually static. That's usually the way we do things on a set. Right.
2: And especially Mark Paul, like, don't you like, especially in a sitcom like this, obviously if we, if this was single camera, then 25 takes could have somehow made sense if you put all the takes together, but not, not the way we did
0: no. it. Yeah. That it seemed, it seemed like, a, I mean, I think I took the, um, the intention of his story to be, you shot it several times. And then as he uh, says on the 26th, which let's just call it the fifth or whatever um, you guys really let everything out. And it was a, as, as he writes about it and as, as Franco has, has talked about it too, it's a very emotional taping that the audience was tearing up and, Every, it was like a a very powerful uh, moment to capture um, according to the people who who witnessed it. You guys were obviously there. You were in the room. What was it like for you two being there working with each other in this scene?
1: I, I remember, um, you know, you, we obviously rehearsed this uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then we we filmed it on Friday. So we yeah. had time to kind of to 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 know, you know, it becomes choreographed in a way. So we kind of know what we're going to do and we kind of know what we're going to say. And we had our blocking. Yeah, we had our blocking and stuff like that. But I remember that particular take that we watch here was probably our last take, like we we've discussed, and really being scared. I remember feeling you and seeing you break down and... It had been something that, you know, it was it, we had maybe taken it up to a, a level eight, but that was a level 10, 11, and it kind of scared me, and I really felt like the emotion coming from you, and I didn't know what to do with it. Like, it's something new because it's not what we rehearsed. It ha- We hadn't done that before, um, but having that right. emotion come from you kind of scares you as an actor and scares you as a human being, and you just kind of go with it. You're, you know, like... I looked at my reaction uh, in that thing and it, it looks like I'm uh, smiling in a way. It, it looks like a, a, I, I'm, I'm kind of like my, my reaction. And I really wish the camera had stayed on your face and they came to the side profile of us. And it almost looks like we've talked about this, Dashwell and other things that I'm about to break in a way. But that was a real emotion. Like, you know, when someone freaks the fuck out and you don't know what to do and you have a look on your face like, Oh my god. And it's a it's it's yeah. that was a real look on my face. Um and and I remember just sitting there going you have gone to another level and I don't know how to react to this. And I'm going to say my lines but I'm not so sure those lines are what I would say in real life. Like I in real life I would have just held you and not said a word uh and and not go into a story mm-hmm. of us, you know, remember when we were kids and we 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 watched ET and we were scared, but obviously those are the lines and we have to do our job. But um I do remember like just being scared and 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 feeling the the authenticity of what was coming out of you and not knowing how to deal with that.
2: I I mean I think that's why your work in this moment is so right on like when someone is unraveling or is broken in the face of it, I don't think any human knows how to do it right,
1: see, I think all of this all the all the struggle leading up to that that was all choreographed we had we had rehearsed that we had we had been there, you know, where i where I smack the pillows out of your hand and do all that stuff. but this moment here right. where I'm holding you and you break down. And you, you, yes. you have the iconic moment. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. That was, I th- in my head, I remember this was another level that you hit. You didn't take it up to that level previously.
2: Until that time. And, and the, the truth is I felt safe doing that with you. And that was a big part of our connection, I think. Um, like I knew wherever, because you can't do that with a scene partner, if you don't feel like they're going to meet it.
1: Absolutely. You know?
2: and, and I think I always felt that with you. We just never had the opportunity on the show till this kind of a deeper thing.
1: And I remember not worrying about the cameras or the audience. It was just you and I connecting. Yeah. And that was all yes. that was in front of me was what you were giving me. And, and, uh, those are the moments, you know, we go back to what we talked about before. Those yes. are the moments yes. that we live for as an actor. These moments here yes. where nothing yes. else matters. You're just connected with the person in front of you.
2: You took the words out. I was going to say back earlier in this conversation when we said, you know, some of the moments are more technical when you're working or more this, or, but this, this like transcended like, Oh, we're on a show. We're on a, like it, we both met each other there in that moment. And it was being captured, but yet we were not in our heads at all. It was a, it was a hard thing.
0: it's It's really it's so sweet as a fan and um, as a co-host, <laughs> uh, hearing you guys re- recount this as, as we watch together. Um, there's There's another uh, thing from from Peter here, and forgive me, sorry if this is also an embellishment. He said that, um, Mark Paul, you added the repeated use of Jesse in the scene that that was an improvised thing not in the script to keep saying Jesse's name as you were holding her and talking to her. Um, he said that they let you go as an actor because it felt like what a friend would do. Um, it's possible. I don't, know if, I don't know if that is true or not. It's possible. Sure, let's it's it, let's throw that under the possible category if 25 is out of the question. Uh, 25 takes.
1: <laughs> well, I, I mean, it's just a tactic. You know, I was a hostage negotiator and that's just a tactic that we use to just... Con- Mm. continually say the person's name. I I don't know. What the fuck is he talking about? Letting me say Jesse. (laughs) We're acting here for fuck's sake. What are they going to do? Like stop us in the middle of a take and say, Hey, Mark Paul. You're using her name too many times. Can we redo the tape? I mean, like, come on. I mean, it's like- you yeah, know, we're, we're, you're, we're,
0: we're, What am I- that's, uh, that's, look, guys, that's just acting. At, you say at, the person's at this name. Point, I, say, I say people's names all the
1: time. But at this point, like I said, I, I wasn't worried about where the cameras were. Usually, I'm very nah. aware of my surroundings. I'm, I'm aware of, of things. I, 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 I'll even go to say that, uh, you know, looking at this again, the fact that Jesse has a shadow- on her face mm. while I'm talking oh, to her.
2: Exactly. Yeah. I'm,
1: I'm usually aware of shadows on people's faces and I will deliberately move out of the way yeah. so that they don't have a shadow. There is a huge shadow on Jesse's face, on Elizabeth's face. I do nothing about it. So obviously yeah. we were very connected. We, yeah, were, we were so in, in it. Lost in the moment. Lost in yeah. the moment. Um,
2: you, you know,
1: <laughs> the fact that I said her name a hundred times, I don't, Hey, look, I'm, look, I'm just, I'm just repeating what
0: I read. It's a, uh, you know, I'm just, just checking out. I'm the, taking the, it the out on you though. Stories How dare you? <laughs> Please do. Yeah. That's why I'm here.
2: <laughs> you know, I, I have to say like when I rewatched this, it, you know, in, in prep for this, I was watching it alone and I got tears in my eyes. Hmm. Like I, I have, only really in through these years, seen that the heightened kind of moment that everybody knows as like whatever, and we've even sent, we've done a send up of it on Fallon or wh- whatever we've done, you know. But when, in seeing it in this, within the scene, I definitely like whoa! It it took kind of took my breath away for a second.
0: It, it's a it's a performance unlike any other in the show up until this point and even after it. I I cannot place a more like intense. Moment. So yeah, it's 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 memorable. It's memorable for more reasons than just she's having a disproportionate reaction to caffeine addiction, which is like the joke, the internet meme version. It's a it's a really powerful, memorable scene. Um,
2: And I I think it was. I think it's also good that you know I'm speaking of it in a with obviously distance, but I think it was good that it happened to Jesse because. She was always so together and so like, oh, no, you know, it was so solution oriented and knew how to fix the problem for others, had suggestions, either she imposed her, her ideas or was generous with them. And so I think the impact of it was, you know, their dynamic of being as close as they were, like it almost had to happen with, with those two characters in this moment to make this moment work and and I know how safe I felt with Mark Paul as an as an actor and as a like deep dear friend to be that vulnerable so I love you Mark Paul
1: mm-hmm. I love you too and I'm just looking at us I have you know the freeze frame that it's on um where you're looking at me and I'm looking at you we locked eyes there and that was like a gent like there we didn't deviate from that like we we are locked onto each other and we stayed there and that's authentic right there you know and and um yeah i I, watching this episode um uh yeah it it's giving me a lot of respect for what we actually did because you know I, i we do talk a lot about like how silly things were and if you took it if you if you didn't have any context to this scene it is a silly sort of thing you know i'm so excited breaking down over that we've had a good laugh about certain things memes have been made we've we've talked about this but to actually have the context of what actually went down it means so much and there's so much going on here um and for me to be able to share that with you and go over it i mean i, I never thought that we'd be sitting here doing this uh together um, no but i i'm i'm thankful for it and i'm i'm uh, looking at it now i'm 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 so thankful to have had that experience and especially with you.
3: Same.
0: Well, that's, that's the, what smoother segue than to say, now we're going to go to the max for Screech something. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, yeah, we're going to the max Just an episode and Screech full of, jumps full into there surprise. and I'm like, literally, what the fuck? I mean, seriously. It is, it, what a, what a one, two gear and shift. And there he is.
2: Really? Uh, I, but I guess, the, did they feel like the, the heaviness to, needed that levity? Yeah, it
0: had to go off. For this audience? Yeah, like, like just yeah. And, I mean yeah. Um Screech, by the way, the the last time Screech showed up in the third act to save the day, uh to dance at the max was in Dancing to the Max. So this isn't even a a new way for the episode to resolve. There's There's, there's a young Franco. Yeah. Look at that. <laughs> Looking sharp, Franco. Love to see it. And uh yeah, I mean I guess if this episode is about a lot of things, in the smallest way, it's about the perils of the music industry. But that's just the teeniest, tiniest (laughs) glimmer of a lesson. uh, There's so many other things to learn. Um, And the gang is all there for Jesse at the end. You know, it's the yeah the 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 weight. I feel like other sitcoms would have ended off the. I'm so excited. I'm so like I feel like that would have been the end. There's the freeze frame, but. Say by the right. bill, gave the kids in the room a little chance to like process. And yeah, it's funny again. Yeah. It ends with Zach being a bad student and.
2: And, and, and we're all friends together yeah. again and and friends forever.
1: But Jesse's <laughs> going to rehab. Jesse's going to rehab.
2: So yeah, that's. Is, I
1: mean, now we're <laughs> laughing again because it's come on. But it's. it's it is. <laughs> oh, <I laughs> is me- she going oh. to rehab for. Addiction, or is she going to rehab?
2: Or perfectionism?
1: Right.
0: I think it's for addiction. In the as as it's dis- I mean, she should have gone to rehab for yeah what you said for being a perfectionist. I uh, believe in this or case anxiety. Yeah. I think they just subbed out speed with caffeine, and then now Jesse is in instead of yeah she's in treatment for caffeine instead of speed. Um But I will again shout out to the twenty twenty reimagining. It becomes canonical with without giving away any spoilers. Uh Jesse Spando is a lifelong caffeine addict in recovery after this. <laughs> so it carries. Yes. You know, it wasn't just a blip. It She's does. like taking this seriously.
2: You guys, such a silly sidebar thing on this. I remember Allison Woody, our um our makeup artist. She was like, I think we should go with like no lipstick, no, like, like this was my th- like there was a moment around this time that several big actresses were doing no makeup looks when they had been known to be more glamorous. I can't remember uh, in TV movies. Hmm. And so we were like, okay, let's really go more raw here. And I'm laughing that this is the version of raw, but it's saved by the bell. So, right. you know, we, we still had to, but no lipstick was the big actor choice, you know, for, but
1: by the way, I think you look really pretty in this scene. I was going to point that out that I, I, I love your hair. And I th- I think you look for an addict. I think you look really healthy. <laughs>
0: Oh yeah, that's good. That's a that's a good healthy. addict.
2: Um, my, my pocket, my cobalt blue silk polka dot pajamas. Um, that yeah, I, g- I got to. That's keep a luxurious those. outfit. By the way, I got to keep those. It was, they, they. were those so nice. good. But um, just you know that the caffeine pills were either was it Red Hots or Tic Tacs? Mark Paul, do you remember? No, they were Red Hots. Okay, that's what I thought.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm telling you, I, I think addiction does your body good. Um, <laughs> I, I think. Uh, <laughs> Oh my God! I mean, if, if if that's what red hot, uh, you know, <laughs> caffeine pills do to someone, I'm all for them.
0: There's there's the even <laughs> smaller lesson
1: that sometimes being an addict can
0: make you better looking. That's that's a the teeniest tiniest <laughs> lesson, just below. Watch <laughs> out for away. a shady guy. Yeah, if some guy wants to manage you and your two girlfriends in a music group, be on alert uh-huh. and uh, of what could happen. And yeah, sometimes addiction makes you makes you hotter. Everyone knows that. Oh my God! Um, and Slater and Zach are friends again. It's all resolved. Next week, we'll be right back to the funny stuff. And that's Jesse's song. Wow. That's the episode. We got through it, guys. Wow. We did it. This season of this podcast just so happened to end on the biggest episode in the series. So thank you, Elizabeth, so much for joining us. I, I really appreciate it. This was fascinating and so sweet.
1: Um, thank you. I, thank you for it, it was great. having
2: me for this. I, I'm just so glad we could do it.
1: Yeah, we had you on the very first episode, which was Saving the Max, That's and then right. to actually have you yes. on the very uh the the f- finale of our uh, first uh season, um bookending it. Is I, I couldn't yeah, I, I couldn't have imagined a, a better uh combo.
2: Thank you.
1: Mark Paul was keeping you away from me in, in dancing
0: to the max. It was a private phone call. He was like, I don't really know this guy yet. I'm going to keep all my friends at arm's length because he seems like a weirdo.
1: (laughs) Don't love his voice but now,
0: now <laughs> you know you, know what, it, you in,
1: know what it really <laughs> was though Dashwell. at the time I we was, hadn't
0: figured our, our podcast out we were like t- figuring out the at tech at the time
1: I like. was living in my RV right and we didn't have the, the, the means to do what we're doing now well, sure. now we're on Zoom I'm we, just te- I'm just teasing I'm, I'm, no. yeah, I get but it but I remember I that know, conversation yeah. that Elizabeth and I had on the phone uh, it was like you know we hadn't spoken in quite a while and to be able to do that was, was such a treat this is even better I, 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 I'm so happy that we were actually to look at each other yeah. um we were able to work with each other in the summer um late summer to, to finish up uh, the reimagining of Say by the Bell but again that was through some weird protocols and, and times that we're going through where we can't interact with each other no,
2: those though what I was saying to Mark Paul like when when we got back to filming in August which we were so lucky to be able to do that safely the certain things on set that are magical that often happen in the in-between I call it kind of the in-between um like let's say if you and I were able to go off to get a bottle of water by crafty or you know sitting in our chairs for a minute we didn't get those in-betweens really um except for when we were outside by that back to the future clock for that for that scene but you know it was a lot of everyone had to just go back to their respective trailers whatever so I did miss being able to do that with you because I just always love our catch-ups but one of the things I was also thinking about is if we didn't have the connection that we have, you and I and, you know, the, Tiffany and Mario as well, if we didn't have this, the seeds so embedded in, in this relationship in such a, like a loving way also, I don't think that in August, yes, as professionals, we would have done good work, but the the banter and that, chemistry that people loved so much about the six of us, you know, that the six of us had, it transcends time. Like it's just, it it really showed me how deep the connection goes with the way we were able to work in such a carefree way during a time that is, was not.
1: Well, I'm looking forward to going yes. back, uh, you know, say by the bell, say by the bell, uh, the, the 2020 version was picked up. Um, if you haven't co- uh, seen it yet, it's on Peacock. Uh, make sure you check it out because we are going back sometime this summer.
0: A lot of talented writers working on the project. It's a it's a real show. <laughs> yes, Dasho. A, a lot of smart, smart, well dressed, glass glasses wearing writers. Thank you, Dasha. Uh, yeah, no, thank you guys. Um, there will be a second season of the reimagining, as, and there will be a second season of this podcast as yeah. well. So many second seasons. Who can keep track of them all? Um, we'll be back in. Let's just call it later this year, but not too long. About a month or so. We'll see you soon. That kind of thing. Thank you, listeners, so much. This no has been an incredible homework.
1: journey. no <laughs> homework. There's
0: no homework. Yeah. Well, there will be when we come back. There will be. It's called model students. But do it at your leisure. You have a little bit of a what do we call it? It's not summer break. I don't know. You have a, you have some time on a hiatus. It. Hiatus. That's industry talk. Let's put it into school terms. Winter break. We'll see you in about a month. Thank you, Elizabeth, again, so much for being part of this. Thank um, you. Thank you, Mark Paul, for, you know, your time and energy as always. Thank you, the listener, for listening. Cadence 13 for being so supportive. Our producer, Terrence, oh, my God. We just... And thank you, Daschle. Congrats, you guys. Yeah, congrats. Yay.
1: And thank you to our audience. We have a great audience. And and make sure you keep hitting yeah. Daschle up on Twitter. Uh, don't let up on oh him. Oh, my God, please do. Um, you know, Yeah, yeah. Come on. He loves it. I can take it. <laughs> Just kidding. I'll be in I'll be in counseling
0: soon uh, for all my tears from Twitter. Bye, guys. See you next time. Zack to the Future is a production of Cadence 13. It's executive produced by Mark Paul Gosler, myself, and Chris Corcoran. Production and direction led by Terrence Malingone. Editing and mastering by Andy Jaskowitz. Engineering and production coordination by Sean Cherry. Artwork by Kurt Courtney with illustrations by Jeff McCarthy. Marketing is led by Josephina Francis with PR by Hilary Shu. Thanks to the whole team at Cadence 13 and to you for listening.